The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style Podcast, and it is the best. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is Keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside with the young boy Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be giving you an update on the World Tag League, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at Social socialsuplex.com go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox alright young boy World Tag League 2018 8 nights have happened so far what, what, how are you feeling? there's been 8 nights? yeah they haven't dropped all 8 nights right? Eight, eight, the 8th night aired today Oh, really? Yeah. Look yeah. here. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to watch it yet, but we do have the updated rankings and results from that show. Yo, uh, my, my New Japan world must be messed up because it's only showing me November up to November 25th. Oh, uh, maybe it was VOD in a... And it, maybe it hasn't dropped yeah, yet? Yeah, maybe it's dropping tomorrow. But it, the show actually happened today. Yeah, as I say, no. Yeah, they've only uh, dropped up to November twenty fifth. Okay, because I was playing catch up. <laughs> I was playing like pretty extensive catch up this uh, past weekend. Um, th- this might even. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? What do you think about watching wrestling while you're driving? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, you know, I I I would say I have done it before. <laughs> like, oh man, I do it like all the time. <laughs> I, I don't. I can't now. I can't say I do it all the time. I've done it every. I've done it once or twice, but it's not something that I do all the time. Not something I'm proud of. You know, I I like I said, I'm probably giving myself away. I really try not to do it with New Japan just because I want to bring my A game. But sometimes I'm like. You know, eh, it, it, it's a you know Finn Juice versus like Tenkozy match on a uh, you know on a Roto show. Like right. I'm just gonna watch this because I've only got so much time in the day. Like by the time it's over, I'm gonna be home and then like I'll have watched it, quote unquote. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't think I've done it for New Japan. I've only done it for WWE. Pop the network up, <laughs> but no, like uh, I I was doing a lot of traveling this weekend, so I mean, like you get on the open road, and I mean, like there's no there's no other traffic, and I'm like, let's throw in this world tag league, part of this huge pay world, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Like the funny thing is, you'd think I wouldn't be able to pay attention, but like I've been paying attention. Like 
I genuinely, I mean, we've had our, our detractions about the World Tag League and things like that, and I think some of it was with good reason, but... I will say that this tag league has been very, very good. Dude, it's been definitely better than last year's tag league. It has been better than last year's tag league, which has been surprising. Um, and like we said, if, if, if what we saw was good, we would come out here and say it was good. There, I mean, there was some teams I was like more into last year. Like there were certain like story arcs and storylines. Yeah, that I mean, I, we had like War Machine yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Like them, super strong team were like two of the teams that I was like, like I, I was like you know best friends, all that. There, uh, Death Juice. So I mean, there was a lot of intriguing things going on. Not to say that this isn't this tournament doesn't have that, but overall the quality and the ease of watching the shows has been better. Um, I will still say that even with me giving the praise to uh, to the tag league. This generally is the type of wrestling that normally I would just like kind of pop in in the background and I might I might not sit there with a notepad and do you know take step by step notes on it. Um, I might like eat some cereal in the background or cook or you know whatever clean I don't know right. that sort of thing. So I don't feel too bad driving because I'm actually paying <laughs> pretty good attention to it believe it or not and like I, I I'm getting the gist of these matches and there's a couple matches where I, I'm like marking out while I'm like on the road and I'm like <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, I didn't get all the way caught up uh unfortunately. I got up to the second match of day 6 which was Tenkozy and GOD. Um so we have all of the results here, but yeah, I, I you watched the uh, the November twenty fifth show. The f- yeah, I've I'm seen I've seen everything. Is that uh, that's a full production show? Yes. Okay. Yeah. How what? So what? Do they have all the matches? Or? Yep. All all the matches are on there, including the Kazuska Okada and Rapungi three K against Shingo, um, Bushi, and Naito. That was the only non tournament match on the show. Oh, gotcha. So they're not, it's not like a Corkin show where they're doing, you know, the full undercard and all that. Yeah. It's a bunch, it's like six or seven tag league matches and then that, oh. that Okada match in the middle. That's one thing I've been wondering. I mean, have you been able to figure out a rhyme or a reason to win and why these tournament matches are happening the way they are? No, it's, I feel like it's, it's random. Like, <laughs> and if you could, we look, we have, we have the, the listing of like who defeated who on day four, five, six, seven, and eight. Yeah. And it's like, some people have two matches back to back. Some people have one a match on day three and a match to like day five. It's like all over the place. Like you know, normally we have the A and B block. We know all right, day four is going to be B block. Day five is going to be A block. But it's, it seems like all over the place to me. At least they're actually doing everything they say they're doing. I don't know if you know this. Like back in the day, New Japan used to have these like world leagues or MSG leagues and stuff. And then like. But if you go through the record books, you're like, I can't find these guys wrestling each other. And, like, they would just show up and be like, oh, yeah, they'd over the past, they'd pull some uh, some Rio de, de Janeiro <laughs> crap. They'd be like, oh, yeah, this person, ama- you know, amassed eight points over the last, like, tour. And then you, like, go to cage match. You cannot find any of those matches. And you're like, when did these guys wrestle? And, you know, back in the day, a lot of, like, wrestling tournaments used to do, like, round-robin tournament stuff. They used to kind of they do would, that. They would kayfabe you. They would kayfabe you, yeah. Because certain guys don't want to take falls and stuff like that, or they didn't have the dates. And so they'd tell you that this stuff all happened and never right. really and happened. Technology wasn't, you know, as advanced back then. There was no, you know, yeah. streaming or anything or that many news sites, so. But that's the problem with wrestling today. I'm bringing kayfabe back. I'm going to start my own promotion. <laughs> and I'm going to... Young boy wrestling? 
I don't know what it's gonna be called yet. Don't don't pigeonhole me. <laughs> and uh, get your trademarks in. Yeah, I gotta get my uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buccaneers uh, <laughs> call up the uh, glaciers. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I'm gonna kayfabe the crap out of everybody. Like I'll just always be kayfabe and you like, work, you work the boys. Everybody, <laughs> I'll be working myself. Like <laughs> work yourself into a shoot. I always work myself. <laughs> 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 oh, oh man so you want to get in this world tag league bro yeah. we, 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 we have a question from reddit user templar235 he says which world tag league team do you think was going to be awful that has turned out to be great ZSJ and Taichi have really entertained me this league don't you love it when our uh, our listeners ask you questions, but then give you their answers along with it, and then you're like, "Oh, absolutely!" Like, like you you gave the best answer. You've stolen our thunder, <laughs> Templar. <laughs> like, like now I have to now I have to pick another team that's not as like surprising. Like, yeah. uh, no, thanks for the question though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but on all seriousness, Templar. I mean, he picked the the one for me. I mean, it's been Zach Saber Jr. and Taichi. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the tournament, I was like, man, I really wanted to see Saber and Suzuki together. And I still uh, do. I mean, I still do. But but we got to settle with what we got. We got Saber and Taichi, and they've been great in this tournament. They've worked really well together. And it might be one of those cases where Taichi's one of those guys are just better in a tag team. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'm not gonna make. You could be right. I'm not gonna disagree with you. But I don't know if. I don't know if that's my opinion personally. Right. I'm just saying. So far, I've enjoyed Tai Chi more in tag matches than I have in singles action this year. Yeah, I think. I think him being on a team with Zack Saber has a lot to do with that because I. I've seen him team with lots of guys over the years, and I've never really. Doug, the whole Taichi thing, you know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. Saw him team with Kanemaru, saw him team with uh, Taka, saw him team with Iska, Suzuki, everybody, and I'd never have like actually dug what he's been doing, but for whatever reason, it works. There, because there's such a contrast between him and Zach, it, it does kind of work. It's been very interesting. Um, plus, Zach is like a star, so like Taichi kind of has to like step up his game to, yeah. like, to, to be right there with him. Um, yeah, absolutely. I would say out of everybody, that is the team that's probably surprising me the most out of out of everybody. Because um, I was not expect. I mean, there there's every reason in the world that if someone were to look at that pairing on paper, and especially if they're not a fan of Zack Saber or Taiji or both, which there are plenty of people like that. <laughs> yeah. To say that they're not going to enjoy what they bring to the table, and then suddenly it's like, oh, they're one of the top teams in the tournament. Like, who would have ever figured that? Yeah. Um, I thought that they would have done decent and had some good matches, but, like, they've been entertaining. They've seemed fresh. They haven't seemed contrived or, like, um, you know, that whole stickiness. Like, yeah. Like, it's been fresh. It's been really good. Um, another team that I don't I – I don't want to say they, like, have surprised me, but in a little way, uh, Hangman Page and Ujiro, Dick and Balls. <laughs> yeah, they've definitely... That's the name of the team, I, I, I know, I know. I've, I've seen our good buddy Chris Charlton came out because there was a... Don't don't work yourself into a shoe over, <laughs> over Dick and Balls. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, Page and Ujiro, they've been impressive as well. I mean, I, I'll still say, like... 
Mm. Last year, I thought that Hangman was very impressive and showed a lot of improvement. And then in this tournament, it's even more so. You can just see how much better he is. Uh, Yujiro is always just Yujiro, so it's not like I'm like, wow, Yujiro's making like a run. It's, just, it's a, just Hangman killing it. Hangman's killing He's it. He's clearly a star. But, He's definitely the star of that team. Absolutely. But, you know, Yujiro's no slouch. I mean, Yujiro, I mean, if you've ever seen his stuff from, like, No Limit when he was with Tetsuya Naito back in the day, I mean, he can be a fantastic worker. We see shades of that every once in a blue moon. So, um, But they're a team that have consistently put on good matches as well. So... Yeah, it's been pretty surprising to me, actually. And, uh, many of the other teams that are doing well, I'm not that surprised about. But these two teams, especially for me, any anyone else that kind of sticks out to you that you didn't think you would enjoy, and then you're like, wow, they're doing pretty good. Uh, not really. Everybody else has kind of met my expectations. expectations. Yeah. Great uh, question, though. Uh, we have another question from Reddit user WRPLA101. He says, even though it's been a bit of a disappointment that the lineup of the, for the tournament isn't exactly classic, do you think it's good for guys like Yujiro and Taichi, who might have been the ones to make way for some bigger names, are getting a, go- a good go? I think they've both been good examples of people taking a hold of opportunity and making something of it. Or am I being fooled by the fact they're both teaming with guys I like a lot anyway? Hmm. Well, I think the interesting thing is that in years past, like especially last year, Yujiro was not the fall guy. It was Hangman Page. Right. Um, and I think in most years, they would normally probably pair Taichi up. Given the kind of push they've given him this year, they would normally pair him up with somebody else who can take pinfalls for him. Uh, they just happen to have him with... Like, normally I could see him and Iska. Yeah. And Iska be the fall guy. Um, so that's that's one interesting thing. So the the question essentially is like, is is it good? Is the tournament good for guys like Yujiro and Tai Chi instead of having like an Okada or a Tanahashi in there? Is it good for like Yujiro and Tai Chi to be in there and getting a good a chance to shine? Yeah, I mean that's part of the appeal of this tournament. Um, it's just like everything with New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's opportunity in front of you if you want to seize it, if you want to go after it. And you make the most out of your opportunity. Look at what Hangman Page accomplished just last year. And I know I, I've mentioned that twice now. This is the third time on this uh, you know, broadcast. But, um, I mean, that's a prime example of a guy who, you know, last year they had a losing record. He's a minor guy in a bloated faction. He's got a bad gimmick. There's a lot of reasons <laughs> that Hangman should not work. Um, but he just worked harder than almost everybody, almost every single night, even when – and, like, last year, Yujiro was not trying very hard at all. He was there to collect a check, drop his Tokyo pimp, like, uh, DT and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe he's had to step up his game because of how, how – like, he's getting outshined and also his status compared to Hangman so much lower than it was just one year ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I definitely do think it's a- always great to give guys opportunities. Uh, as far as whether these two are actually, you know, making the most of it, um, probably right now I- I would, I'm leaning more towards Tai Chi than Yujiro. I feel like, like you said, with Tai Chi being in there with Saber, he's kind of forced to step up his game. Yujiro too, but I feel like Tai Chi has been a little bit more impressive t- uh, so far than Yujiro. Hmm. And I, I one last part to this question. They said something to the effect of, you know, that they could have seen bigger name guys being in these spots. Yeah. 
And um, generally speaking, with especially with New Japan, that's not gonna necessarily be the case because there always needs to be someone to take a pinfall, and mm-hmm. they are prote- they do a pretty good job protecting guys that they want to protect. Um, so there's o- there was always going to be someone in a mid card, upper mid card, or even lower mid card role. Right. For example, you know, 2016, you had Kenny Omega and Chase Owens. Yeah. You had Okada and Yoshihashi. Yep. You if if a star's in there, they're going to be tagged with somebody that can be eat the falls for them. Absolutely. I mean, every single the, you can't have a faction without guys like that. You know. Right. I mean, our podcast network has Caleb Baldwin, and that. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta have someone who makes you look good and puts you over, brother, you know? Oh, man. Shout out, Caleb. Shout out to Caleb. Free, hashtag free, free Caleb. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> they freed him, and he didn't do nothing with yeah. it. <laughs> Dang. Uh, biggest uh, disappointment of 2018. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Love you, Caleb. Uh, and then the last part of this question, he says, also, did you guys like um, El Desperado on the Japanese commentary for Night 7? His evil cackle was amazing, even though I couldn't understand a word he was saying. His, his despicable relishing of all the punishment the Suzuki Gun teams were dishing out was incredible. Uh, so I don't, you didn't hear, you haven't seen that part yet. No. Um, to me, I mean, I don't know. I really, I really didn't focus in on Desperado that much on commentary. Um, I did think it was funny, like, he was kind of, like, holding the way for, like, Iska and Tezuki to, like, run over guys on KES, but uh, I really didn't, I wasn't really paying attention, focusing on him, on his laughing. Did you, um, I mean, like, was that something, like, really noticeable, that you noticed, like, a Desperado on commentary? Yeah, there were several times where they would cut the Desperado on the commentary, and then one Suzuki, once, um, Suzuki and Iska and KES in their separate matches when they were brawling around the crowd, they would, they would cut to like the desperado what i mean more so is like the audio oh like i don't know what it is with me i don't pick up on i i don't know if i just don't have a an ear that's sensitive to that sort of thing but when i hear foreign voices that's all i hear is foreign voices i've I've kind of picked up on milano's voice uh i cannot i couldn't tell you what milano's voice is like at all yeah but yeah, honestly, I really didn't like. That's why I really didn't, didn't stand out to me on commentary. I did notice him cutting the camera to him several times, and like he got up and like held the gate open, like when the <laughs> when the Suzuki Gun guys were like coming did, through. Did so. he have an evil cackle, like like Kaintai like sort of? He deal? must. I, honestly, I can't remember. Like I, I'm totally I miss that. I'm just imagining him as like a Bond villain right now. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I guess maybe now that you've asked the question, I'll have to like take special notice of this. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and listen to it. Um, but alright, let's start breaking down these teams And we're going to start um, At the top, the leading team With uh, 8 points 4 wins, 1 loss The LIJ team of Evil And Sonata On day 4 they defeated Hangman and Yujiro Day 5 they defeated Makabe and Hanare Day 7 they were defeated By Zack Sabre and Taichi And day 8 they were uh, they, de- they defeated Tenkozi So overall what have you been thinking about Evil and Sonata? Um, they've been fine. Um, I've, I thought that all the matches that I've seen them in, um, I haven't seen day seven with uh, Zack Sabre and Taichi. Was that, is that a match that you were saying was really yeah, good? Yeah, so far to me, that is the best match of the tournament. It's the only. Really? Yeah. Hot it, take. Yeah. It's the only match that I have ranked at four stars. A lot of matches have come close, but not quite hit it for me personally. But for me, um, Evil Sonata versus uh, Sabre and Taichi. 
four stars. I loved it. And once again, Evil cannot beat Zack Sabre Jr. Very interesting. Um, I'll have to watch. So what what ended up happening there that they that Zack Sabre and Taichi picked up the win? So towards the end, um, Evil is going for everything is evil on Sabre. And Sabre just kept reversing, kept reversing, kept reversing. Um, and then eventually... Um, uh, tai Chi, I think he hit Sonata with the mic stand, and then Sabre got Evil up in for the Zack Driver. Before he dropped him, Tai Chi super kicked him, then he hit the Zack Driver and got the pin. Did they do something? Did they do that in another match as well, or was that, that the first time they did that on uh, this tour? I think to me that was the first time they did it this tour. I saw Zack freaking Zack Driver the crap out of, uh, I don't remember which night it was, whether it was day four or day five, but I mean, it was awesome. Um, it might have been that mock, or no? I'd have to look and see what what other matches. That, it was um, against best friends. It was against best friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I thought I've been thinking that Evil and Sonata have had a good run. Um, they had a a tendency last year to kind of perform big on the big nights when there's TV, mm-hmm. and then really like tone it down and kind of just go by the numbers. Um, I think though. Part of the reason I'm enjoying Evil and Sonata more this year than I did last year is they've just gelled more as a team. They've got a lot more experience now, a lot more time together as a like as a unit. And I think it's not like so noticeable where you'd be like, oh my god, like. But once you compare this tag league to last year's, they they do have a good flow, kind of like when you watch a Young Bucks match and they yeah. have the Young Bucks had their match. Evil and Sonata kind of have their match now. That maybe last year they they were still kind of finding their positioning and their placement and their style. Now they have it. So even these like on these other nights like day four, day five, even though they're not blow away, they've been pretty good. Yeah, and I don't know what it is, but this year I've really been impressed by Evil. Um, I feel like he's got in the tag league. Is and just in general. Um, I feel like he's improved from last year, and I mean, you didn't you didn't put him in the most improved category well, this year for our I know our awards. I didn't. Well, there's some other guys that kind of <laughs> outrank him, but compared to last year, I do think he's gotten better. Um, and I don't know he's more over with me this year, and um, yeah, him and Sonata both were good. Have been good so far in this tournament. Yeah, I thought they've had a good run. Um, yeah, I thought the Hangman Page and Yujiro match was pretty good. The Makabe Hinari match was good. I haven't seen day seven yet. And then, you know, they picked up a win over Tenkozi. So, I mean, these guys are rolling. They got eight points. And, um, yeah, they're right at the top of this, uh, you know, this entire field. Yeah. Um, also, um, tied with eight points, the team of Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano, four wins, one loss. On day three, they defeated uh, Suzuki and Iska. Day six, they defeated KES. Day seven, they defeated Nagata and Nakanishi, and day eight, they defeated Finjuice. Something tells me that that day eight match is probably very good. Mm-hmm. Whether just what I mean, you know, with um, I just can see those four guys like having a really good match. They always all work really well together, so I'm looking forward to that dropping. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, out of the other matches, they had the KES match. Um, I thought it was a decent match. Um, Why do I not remember? Oh, that's day six. I haven't seen that yet. That good. that was the last match on day six, huh? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. I did see the Suzuki and Iska match, and I remember thinking that there's a lot of plotting and 
Yeah, the, you, you got the Suzuki Ishii stuff. Yeah, that honestly, that was the best part of that match was Suzuki and Ishii um, exchanges. Besides that, the Iska stuff was not, you know, obviously that is horrible. I liked when Iska got uh, Tomohiro Ishii hit him with a really freaking hard uh, <laughs> lariat. <Yeah. laughs> and I was like, go to hell, Iska. Uh, and then Nagata and Nakanishi, you know. It was it was there. It was fine. Um, there were a couple botches in there. The 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 finish was a little botched. Um, they were doing that low blow schoolboy lariat combo, and like uh, Nakanishi got, like fell down before Yano could schoolboy him, and he had mm. like, he had to like stack him. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen these last three matches of Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano, but um, I mean I'm not surprised that they're sitting at eight points at this point in the tournament. Um, I think we talked about the push they've received this past year. And, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have enough to say. I haven't seen anything egregiously bad from them, obviously, all year. I mean, we've sung their praises. so Yeah, and so, man, they've been on a, a run here these last few days. So, yeah, they've picked up momentum. So we're... Does everyone have five matches so far? Um, yes, everybody has five matches. And how many, And uh, just to jog my memory, how many <clears throat> matches is everyone getting? 12? 13? So there are 14 teams in tournaments, so everybody's 13. getting 13. So we're not even halfway through yet. Yeah. We have a lot more nights to go. And this tournament's like almost over, like not even too long from now, so it's like... Every night, like this tour is supposed to be like the relaxing tour, but they're just like, doom, 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 doom. <laughs> yeah, they're like knocking it out. Yeah, they're just popping them out like they're like Duggar children or something, <laughs> you know? It's crazy. Oh my gosh. Like, I keep trying to catch up, and every time I catch up, like, another, like, there's another show, and I'm like, dang. <laughs> Chill out, New Japan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Stop giving us so much <laughs> content. What are you doing? Uh, also tied at eight points is Killer Elite Squad. Four wins, one loss. On day three, they defeated Elgin and Cobb. Day six, they were defeated by Ishii and Yano. Day seven, they defeated Best Friends. And day eight, they defeated uh, Nagata and Nakanishi. Day seven looks like a freaking awesome card. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was a full, you know, a full produced show. It was a pretty decent card. And, you know, KES and Best Friends. Um, that was that was the match of the tournament last year. Yeah, um, let me see if I can that was pull, like four and a half. Pull up real quick. Uh, what I uh, or maybe it wasn't. I can't remember. I know best friends had a good match with them, and then they also had a, a good match with War Machine and Super Strong Team. And I don't remember which one it was. They had the four and a half match with. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um, yeah, see, I'm pulling up my ratings here. Let me see if what I rated that best. So I, I rated best friends in KES uh, three and a quarter. Okay, um, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, I thought it was a solid match. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, obviously those guys... Well, the matches they had this past year, that that two-match that, that uh, two match series they had, I, wa- I wasn't very impressed with those matches, or, you know, earlier this year. Either. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but Killer Elite Squad, like I've been saying from the beginning, they're one of the teams that I predicted to likely win this thing. Um, I've kind of gone back on that a little bit, just seeing how things turn out. But, I mean, there's no denying that they're going to be in the mix at the end, and they're sitting here at eight, with eight points, so it's not surprising. I thought that they've looked pretty good all throughout. Yeah, I mean, KES, I mean, they're a team. They're obviously the powerhouse team. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dave Boy Smith Jr., I think he's he's solid for a big man. I think Lance uh, Archer is a solid for a big guy as well. I, was, I, was, I, w- I liked the Elgin-Cobb match. 
Um, we'll we'll talk about Elgin Cobb a little bit later on, but I, I, I do want to say that I was expecting a match like KES and Elgin Cobb to be a main event, like yeah. level match, and, and it was possibly later on in the tour. Yep, and it was like number. It was like the second match on day three. On day three, and it didn't get a lot of time, and it was okay. But these guys had a, um, they had a really good match, especially last year. The stuff with Jeff Cobb and um, Davy Boy Smith kind of sticking out to me specifically. And this match they had this year was nowhere near that. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, and it kind of shows you where Elgin and Cobb are positioned in this tournament. But. Um, Okay, yes, they're 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 doing they're getting a lot of points, but have you noticed like Evil and Sonata have been like the team that they're almost always in the main event when it comes to this sort of stuff, and like KS is not. Yeah, this just shows you how much over Lij is and how much over you know Evil and Sonata have gotten over the last year. I think not even when they have non-tournament matches that are wrapping up the shows. I think Lij is in the main event the whole tour. Yeah. So, also before we move on, how about these crowds, man? What? I mean, like the sizes compared to last year's yeah, they, tour. Yeah, they've been up. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah, this year's World Tag League, the numbers are way up compared to last year and the previous year. Last year, they had all those A block shows that were in really small, half filled gymnasiums. And then the B block nights were like, you know, the bigger shows majority of the time. But this year, like, they, they're in strictly larger sized venues. I don't know how, how right. big they are. They're running some of the, the buildings that they normally run for the Destruction Tour. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been like, kind of surprising and also, like, a, uh, it's just been cool. Like, you know, and I think that's one of the other reasons why this tournament has been a little bit easier to digest is that the crowds are have been great. Crowds yeah, the crowds are into, into it. it. And, I don't know, like, for me lately, like... The crowd plays a big part into my enjoyment of matches and enjoyment of a show. So same. Um, I liked Day Three's venue, that Technodome. Yeah, that was that was such sweet a cool looking. Yeah. Building. Oh man, that yeah, that building was really cool. So yeah, KES eight points. Um, they've only picked up one loss. Who even beat them? They got. Oh, they <clears> lost <throat> to Ishii and Yano. Yeah. Which that was kind of surprising. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, we we expect Ishii and Yano to do well in this tournament, which they are. But day six had a couple a couple upsets. Yeah, day, day six was like the upset day. Huh. Interesting. So eight points. Um, I still see them going, being right there. I I just I think they're gonna be in the finals, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's no surprise that they're you know top first place right now. Um, and then below them at six points with three wins and two losses, we have the. IWGP Heavyweight Tag Champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga Tangaloa. Day three, they defeated Finn Juice. Day six, they were defeated by Tenkozy. Day seven, they defeated Suzuki and Iska. Day eight, they were defeated by Cobb and Elgin. Thoughts on G.O.D.? Um, I think it's funny when uh, Tamatonga comes out there and swings <laughs> that belt. <laughs> Yeah, he swings the bell, he pulls the camera down. Is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, you know, Gorillas of Destiny are just very interesting because you watch these guys and then you just think, like, this Tamatanga guy's great and he needs to be a singles. <laughs> and then they put him in singles and you're like, and you're like this Tamatanga guy needs to be in a tag team. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what happens. But I've, I've found them to be personally so far in the tournament just I don't know for whatever reason more entertaining 
consistently than the other three teams that we just reviewed at the top? Um, I mean, that's just my not like yeah. not and not by wide margins or anything like that. I'm not saying they're having blowaway matches, but. I've found them to be pretty interesting and entertaining yeah, so far in the in the. They time. have been entertaining, and you know they have um, Jado out there too with the cheating, yeah, yeah causing the kendo stick, which I I much prefer Jado being out there than having like Fale and Jay White like run out of nowhere and like break the matchup. Um, like this is a, this is established. This is their their second. He's coming all all the matches like their heels. It makes sense that the heel manager's there instead of just one of their stable mates just randomly running in and causing a DQ. And at least they're winning off the cheating this go around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At least they're winning. I mean, they've got all the they've got all the gold in the tag division. You would think, um, but I mean, they have picked up two losses here. Um, so they they defeated Finn Juice on day three, and. Um, I thought that that match was pretty good. Yeah, that was a good match. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Juice and Finley in a second, but yeah. The- and then I did not... F- I I stopped my watching during the Tenkozy match. I was right towards the end, and I mm-hmm. did not finish it. And then I come to find out that Tenkozy beat them, and I'm like, Dude, what? <laughs> I freaking popped when Kojima pinned... Uh, I think he pinned Tamatanga. Oh, did he? Yeah. Dude, I popped. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, so, <laughs> I was so pumped for uh, Kojima to pick up a win and get a win here over the tag champs. And then um, I haven't seen the Suzuki and Iska match. I can only imagine. I can only imagine, oh, bro. That that sounds like straight dumpster fire Dude, to me. Dude, that I, that's probably one of the worst matches of the tournament. Um, just brawling all over the place. Sounds awful. Just, uh, dude, it's just. I think I gave it like half a star or like a quarter star or something ridiculous. Um, let me see. Yeah, I gave it. Yeah, I gave it. I gave it a quarter star. And then day eight. Spoiler alerts: the super strong team Cobb and Elkin um, defeated the tag team champions Grill of Destiny. I don't know if you saw this. Someone posted one of the um, translations and it said super steroid team. Yes. I- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's that's a fitting name. Actually, that's mean. I, I shouldn't say that. I have no idea whether or not Jeff Cobb has done any steroids. <laughs> you on the gas? <laughs> you on the gas there, Dream? You're looking, you're looking jacked. Uh, you notice I didn't say anything about Elgin. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so three and two, six points. Um, so they've taken two losses. Are you surprised or what are you thinking? I am kind of surprised at this point that, you know, I would expect them, you know, they were... And first place, a tie first place for, you know, the first few days. And I was expecting them to kind of stay towards the top. I mean, they're still kind of in the top mix right now. But, yeah, I'm a little surprised that they so far they've in two losses. Especially to a team like Tenkozy and a team like Cobb and Elgin. Um, both those teams, you don't expect them to be getting title shots for different reasons. I mean, Tenkozy, obviously, they are on the, you know, the latter end of their you know, career. And... You really don't expect them to be getting a title shot anytime soon. And then Cobb and Elgin, they're not a full-time team in New Japan, so you wouldn't expect them to be getting a title shot anytime soon. Yeah, and again, uh, I keep saying it, but like we'll talk about Cobb and Elgin, but um, without delving too deep into that, it doesn't seem to be so far like they're going to be... Obviously, we're starting at the top and going to the bottom. We haven't gotten to their names yet. So they're kind of not in this mix of upper teams so far in the tournament. Now, it's a long tournament. Things can change. But given the way that they've been booked and their position on the cards and things of that nature, it doesn't seem like this Cobb-Elgin duo 
is getting the kind of shine and rub that they got last year. Yeah, honestly, to me, it feels like it's like, uh, we had them last year, like, let's just do it again, screw it. Like, <laughs> The reason I'm, I bring that up, though, is because if I'm booking this tournament and I'm gonna, everyone has to take losses, like, probably at least, I would say three, most likely. Um, I mean, you're gonna, any team that goes 11 and two, I mean, I can't even imagine that, really. I think, like, the, at the very top, you're going to get 10 and 3. Yeah. So f- for that to be the case, you got to have teams like G.O.D., your tag team champions, got to take losses. Um, and what do you do? Do you have them lose to their contemporaries and set up future title shots? Or do you ta- have them take losses from teams like Tenkozy and part-timers like Cobb and Elgin who are at the bottom? Because at that point, yeah, they've got wins over the tag team champions, but they're not really in a position where they could capitalize and get a title, uh, you know, a title challenge after this, especially since when the tournament's over, whoever wins the tournament's supposed to go to Wrestle Kingdom. So, right. Um, I think that this is smart booking, probably. And that's that. Those are the types of teams that I would have beat them early on. That's not to say that, like, towards the end, you might see a Best Friends or KES beat them and, and set themselves up for a future shot. I think that's still on the horizon. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this makes sense to me. I mean, but at the same time, I'm still surprised it's Senkozy and yeah. <laughs> still kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Um, another team that is tied with them for six points, three and two, is Best Friends, Beretta and Chucky e. T. Day four, they defeated Saber and Tai Chi. Day five, they defeated Yoshida and Umino. Day seven, they were defeated by KES. And uh, spoiler alert, day eight, defeated by Suzuki and Iska. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so far from what I've seen, the three matches that I've seen of the best friends, they are my MVPs thus, thus far in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they are just consistently putting on awesome matches. Um, that match with Taichi and Zack Sabre is one of my top matches of the tournament so far. Yeah, that's. I think that's probably one of my second-rated matches. That of the match was freaking awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, it was a really good match. And uh, best friends, man. Yeah, they've just been performing really well. I mean, you know, I've been seeing a lot of you know hate for Chucky e. T, but again, that guy is so smooth in the ring, and he just he's a ring general. I mean. Yeah, you know, Beretta might have, you know, like we mentioned before, like the, you know, there's probably more promise with him maybe in the singles role. But, I mean, Chucky e. T, man, he's he's the dude, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, um, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you on that even for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he, they've been awesome. Their matches have been great. Um, I, I, like I said Big recommend the Saber Taichi match against Best Friends. I I was so shocked at how good, not too shocked, but everybody was great in that match. Um, I thought the Yoshida Numino match was was pretty good too. Um, yeah, I mean Best yeah. Friends, been they've been great. Yeah, and then another team tied with six points, three and two. Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi, dick and balls. <laughs> uh, I got you saying it. <laughs> uh, day four, they were defeated by LIJ. Day six, they defeated Tai Chi and Saber. Day seven, they defeated Yoshida and Umino. And day eight, they defeated Makabe and Hanare. Um, I really, I do remember really liking the LIJ match that they had um, on day four. And then. Day six, they wrestled Taichi and Saber, and I'm trying to remember. Um, I think that was okay. Yeah, honestly, I, I was kind of surprised that they 
uh, ended up beating Tai Chi and Saber because um, Paige and Yujiro they had a slow start so far in this tournament. They they were eating a couple losses. Yeah. At the beginning of this of this thing, but then um, kind of making a comeback here, and I was surprised that they you know Tai Chi and Saber was one of the teams they beat. I mean. Page has just been tearing it up, and Yujiro's kind of been there with him, playing his part. And I mean, they've been impressive. Yeah, I remember. I remember liking the ending sequence of the Tai Chi and Saber match. I did too, because Hangman Page was doing a hot tag, basically. Yeah. He was like diving everywhere and doing like topes and stuff. Yeah, and like the the finishing sequence where like Tai Chi was trying to hit the last ride, and then like that's right, and they would flip it into like the um, the rite of passage. The rite of passage, yeah. And eventually, like Yujiro ended up using the mic stand. Yes. On um, yep. Tai Chi, or he, no, he, he hit Saber first, and then yeah, and then um, Hangman was able to get Tai Chi up in the rite of passage. How about um, like Lij? Well, since you bring that up, you know, some of these guys have had to play different roles. Like best friends have played like you know underdog baby faces when they're against big teams, and then like when they were wrestling like Yoshida and Umino, they were uh, like obviously the clear heels. Yeah, and then like Evil and Sonata have used quite a bit of heel tactics like pulling refs out of the ring and you know distractions things like that which I know that they're kind of like a tweener sort of stable but I mean it's a little more pronounced for a team that I was I've been a little surprised at how they've kind of flip-flopped from you know wrestling face to wrestling heel in this tournament yeah and then kind of the same thing with Hangman Page and Ujiro's what reminded me of that yeah I mean the you know the quote unquote bullet club team has kind of been like that way sometimes where you have some of those guys that they cheat more even though they're supposed to be baby faces. I mean, Ujiro's clearly like <coughs> a heel. No matter what happens, like, <laughs> this guy's always cheating. Like, yeah. period. Yeah, you know, day seven, I feel like he was really motivated when I was having a Pita out there. Oh, was she there? Yes. Man, <laughs> everything I'm hearing about day seven is more and more appealing. Like I gotta, <laughs> I gotta watch that as soon as we get done recording here. Dude, the only thing that could have made day seven better was having Kevin Kelly and Don Callis. Oh man, um, but yeah, Paige and Yujiro, they're kind of on the comeback right now. They had uh, you know three wins in a row, so interesting to see uh, how the rest of their tournament's gonna be. Uh, next up, also at three and two with six points. Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Day four, they were defeated by the best friends. Day six, defeated by Hangman Page and Yujiro. Day seven, they defeated LIJ. Wow. And day eight, they defeated Yoshida and Umino. Huh. Well, I mean, I can't imagine a better way to bounce back from back-to-back losses than beating LIJ. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, like I mentioned, the LIJ match for me is the match of the tournament. Four stars. I, if, if you're cherry-picking this thing... Go out of your way to find that match. The on, match with Lij. Yeah, on day seven, uh, you know the story. I think that's one thing that really got it got me was the story that they were able to pull with um, Evil and Saber. They kind of continued that story that they've been telling before the tournament. Uh, and for me, I honestly thought, man, all right, they're not doing the match at Wrestle Kingdom. Evil's gonna get his win back here. And every time Evil went for the everything is evil, I'm like, oh, here it is. He's gonna pin Saber, and Saber would keep reversing. And then eventually hit him with that Zack driver and pinned him again. I'm like, dude, Evil can just not beat this man. <laughs> man, yeah, that's that's straight up in the style of, of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, I would love to, you know, check it out, maybe give a tiny, tiny little a little taste. <laughs> a, a, a little taste of a review next week once I've once I've gotten a chance to see this night because it looks awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, Z, like here's the thing with Zach is 
Zach is a guy who's been kind of on a part-time status with New Japan since last year when he first made his debut. Like, he'll show up for big shows. There might be a tour or two that he shows up on, but, I mean, he's never been in the tag league. And this has been a pretty – like, we got him in the New Japan Cup. We got him in the G1. We're getting him in the World Tag League. And so we're getting a chance to, like, see a better body of work and resume for what he brings to the table. And, I mean – Zack Saber has done nothing but deliver in this uh, in this role in this tournament. Um, I know that I said that so far, best friends are like my MVPs, but ZSJ and Taichi are like right Dude, there. If they have more performances like they did with the Lij match, the rest of this tour, like they could, they stand a chance of being MVPs for me. And it's I I kind of like it because Zack Saber's kind of just a dick. And, like, he doesn't have to cheat to win or anything like that, but he rolls with dudes like Taichi. And so having a guy like Taichi who can, like, kind of be a heater for him and get more heat on them as as a team. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a cool dynamic. Um, yes, it's just been it, – it, it does kind of remind me of, like, Ishii and Yano in a way. Yeah, yeah. Two different dynamics coming together. Like, one guy who's, like, very serious and can, like, kill you, and then you've got, like, the other guy who does the comedy shtick or whatever he brings to the table. Um, I'm not saying saying that, like, I, I want to see ZSJ and tight. I'm not here for tight <laughs> ZSJ for all times. <laughs> right. But in this tournament, I think it's been welcome, and um, I've been pleasantly surprised, so. You see the uh, the backstage promo of, like, the of, um... Tai Chi asked, saying, say, let's go get some vegetables or something like that. I did see a, a <laughs> clip of it. You know, I got to tell you, I don't watch the backstage uh, commentaries very often. Honestly, I haven't been watching them as much either. And I, I feel like that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions for keeping a strong style. Like, yeah. I'm going to dedicate myself to, like, making sure that I watch this crap. Like, because there's so much great storytelling that does take place uh, with the... With the backstage comments and like last year when I watched this tournament I watched all the backstage I think both both we both did I remember yeah we because a lot of times we report on like what they were saying backstage but I mean so I need to be catching that because I'm I'm missing it um but yeah definitely um yeah these guys been great and yeah they've been good this LIJ team's been really good I mean I'm I've been more impressed with them than KES yeah um Another team that's at three and two with six points. Your pick to win the tournament, or not? Well, one of your pick you were high on. I, they are not a pick that I was picking to win the tournament. Well, a, te- a team you were high on. No, you're, you're putting words in my <laughs> mouth now, Jeremy. Okay. All right, a team you were high on that you you know were, were you were happy they were tournament leaders I last mean, I, week. I don't think that I'm wrong. <laughs> Look, they got six points. Uh, They're literally in the top half of of the tournament. They're up there with such luminaries as Lij, <laughs> Killer Elite Squad. No, no, Lij is uh, you know, the best, eight points. The top half, Jeremy. The top half of the tournament. They're right up there with top luminaries like. Lij, <laughs> Killer Elite Squad, the best friends, God. I mean, they're right up there, bro. And clearly, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about Juice Robinson and David Finley. Fin Juice on day three, they were defeated by God. Day five, they defeated Cobb and Elgin. Day seven, they defeated Makabe and Hanare. And uh, today, on day eight, they were defeated by Ishii and Yano. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think Cobb and Elgin was the match that you gave me a, a recommend on from them. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I believe it was, yeah. Yeah, because you were like, you guys see Finn Juice and, and Super Strong Team. And I watched that match, and um, I really dug it. I, I don't know. The, it, like, had this high octane. I'm not going to say it's as good as this match, so don't, like, bite my head off when I say this. But 
it had el- that match, the the um, super strong team on day five against Finjuice. For some reason, stylistically, it kind of reminded me of like the Steiner brothers against Lex and Sting from Super Brawl back in the nineties. Mm. It kind of just had that like high octane, big moves, big power moves, like like kind of feel to it. And um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. And I that's that's another match. Like I I only have a few matches that I've got. Um, like for me so far, there's four matches that I've got like high recommends on and. Two of them were last week that we already discussed, but uh, for, from this week, I haven't seen day seven, but for me, it would be this match, the, the Finn Juice against Cobb and Elgin, and then um, the match with, uh, oh, who was it? It was Taichi and Saber against um, uh, Best Friends? Yeah. Yep, that, that match was awesome. So th- those are like my two recommends so far, and I haven't seen day seven yet. Yeah, but Juice and Finley, I mean... We, we kind of know their mo. I mean, they're a solid team, you know, out of the tag league, and this is their first year being as a team in the tag league. You know, I thought they've been having solid performances throughout the tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've been looking good to me. Well, I mean, they, they when when I saw that they lost to God, I was like, oh man, here we go. I'm gonna look like such an idiot. <laughs> These guys, I, 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 and you know what? I could still end up looking that way because, you know. I think I predicted that Juice was going to have a much better G1 than he actually did. Mm-hmm. But then when I like sat there and I, you look at the body of the field, like the B block, who he was in there with. Yeah, dude. He got stuck in that, that killer block. Man. Yeah. Like, what was he going to do? Yeah. And both of us were kind of like, well, he's the U.S. champion. He's got to do pretty good, right? No. <laughs> and I think that that's kind of one of the reasons that you, in particular, that plus also his future date at Wrestle Kingdom, that you've kind of been like, well, look at who's in this tournament. I mean, how how high can these guys go? Right. So I think you're kind of like in that mode, like, don't fool me again, because I already got fooled during the G1. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm kind of like in, in, in a mode where I'm like, well, this is the perfect place to redeem them. But now, like, they start taking some losses, and I was like, oh, Josh, you're such an idiot. Like, <laughs> you're just a simple mark thinking that these guys are going to get pushed. But then, to me, to me, it's just, it's to, to me, the real problem is David Finley. Like, he's still a low-card guy, and he's, you know, clearly the pin eater of that team. And he's just, he's just kind of low on the, the totem pole compared to a lot of the other guys on this tournament. And I think that when this is all said and done, we're going to end somewhere in the middle. Maybe not quite as high as I thought, but maybe a little bit higher than you thought. Because mm-hmm. bottom line is, if Juice is going to wrestle Cody, they got to heat him up. Yeah. they got to heat him up. And if if they end up in the middle to top of the pack, that's going to do nothing but favors for Dave and probably be good for Juice. So that makes sense to me. And look at who what they, they beat Super Strong Team. They beat Makabe and Hanare. And then they defeated Ishii and Yano, which that's a big win. That's a really, really big win, Ishii and Yano. Yeah. Um, so we got – Day 8 hasn't dropped yet. Uh, I mean, I've only seen um, Day 3 and Day 5. I mean, how was Makabe and Hanare? Uh, Makabe and Hanare, that was a pretty good match. I mean, it, it pretty much it's – Hanare is like – well, we'll talk about them later. But Hanare is – I mean, he's the – Hanare's been awesome. He's the guy that's working the it's hardest on that team. Uh, so, I mean, the stuff with, you know, Hanare and Finley, they're, I mean, they're playing up that rivalry, and um, Finley got the win on Hanare. Um, okay. So, so that, continuing that story over the C-block kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was a solid match as well. Juice and Finley have had no bad matches so far. Yeah. So, I mean, they've been, everything, very, they've been very good. Yeah, everything's been three stars or higher. Um, and then that's going to take us to the bottom half of this tournament, and... You can't talk about 
the bottom half of a tournament like this without talking about Minoru Suzuki and Taka, <laughs> Ta- Takashi Isaka. Yeah, and they are at uh, two wins, three losses, four points. Uh, day three, they were defeated by Ishii and Yano. Day five, they defeated Nagata and Nakanishi. Day seven, they were defeated by G.O.D. And today's show on day eight, they were defeated by Best Friends. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, or they, excuse me, they defeated Best Friends, not defeated by Best Friends. Uh, oh, they beat the Best Friends. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, uh, I don't really have much to talk about when it comes to this team. Uh, well, we, have, we got a question in, luckily, and it got it in just in time from our buddy Maserati on Reddit. Um, he says, you guys got a lot of heat for criticism against the New Japan dads, but for me, the cutoff is at Iska. Him, Tanakanishi, and Tenzon are just awful. Would you agree that Iska is better than those two? Iska is better? Yeah, he's saying that Iska is better. Do we, we agree that Iska is better than Nakanishi and Tenzon? No, because at no point in his career was he better than them. And <laughs> in their old age, he's not better than them. <laughs> um, so, no. I mean, I think he's the most limited worker I mean, he's so long tenured with the company. I mean, like, dude, for me, like, Iska's the worst. Like, yeah, Iska's the worst guy in the. In, I, I in hate, I hate the biting. I hate the iron glove, iron fingers, whatever you want to call them. The the rope choking. The it's just. I mean, I don't think it's worth like burying the guy over. Like, we know what it is at this point, and and all that. But I mean, to answer your question, is he worse than? Or is Nagata? Or I'm sorry, is Tenzan and Nakanishi worse than than him? No, he's the worst. He is the worst. Yeah. And I mean, you know, these matches. I'll say this: I don't think I've seen a single match of theirs that I really enjoyed. Um, at the same time, like Suzuki and Iska, to a lesser extent, they're smart workers. They they've been in this industry a long time. They know what they need to do to get to entertain the crowd and have their match and and get out of there. So, I mean, if if you grade on a curve, they're doing okay. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, they're yeah. having their match. It's just it's not my cup of tea. Um, there's nothing that I've seen of them that I enjoy. Most of their matches t- typically do hit a certain crescendo that's exciting at the very, very end, whether that be shenanigans with the claw or whatever and so you could probably look at the end of a match and be happy with the way it ended but i mean the matches the bo- the, the vast majority of the body of them is just like yeah i mean sh- it, it it sucks out of these last few nights i mean day three is probably the best match they had with the ishii and suzuki stuff yeah um clearly we haven't seen the best friends match yet well that'll drop tomorrow the nagata uh, nakanishi match was rough oh yeah that was it was really rough that was awful and you said uh, the god match might have been worse yeah Geo yeah the god match that's was, crazy yeah it was dude yeah it just but i mean you know what you're getting when you get right. these guys so it's right. like it's not worth us like like we're not seeing something revolutionary being like <laughs> yo hot take alert <laughs> You know, Suzuki and, and Iska are awful. Like, yeah. I, I sat through a whole year of watching them, you know. Um, I will say this, though. If you guys want to, like, know about the dedication that me and Jeremy put into the show, we are watching Iska. <laughs> <laughs> we are watching Iska and Suzuki for you guys. I feel like a New Japan martyr at this point. Like, my God. Oh, my gosh. Because I feel like it's a disservice if we don't actually do it, you know? Yeah. I don't know why I feel so like dedicated to 
you people. And you know what I mean when I say you, you people. people. <laughs> it's code. <laughs> it's code. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's they are what they are. Uh, another team that's tied with them with four points, two wins, three losses. Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb, day three, they were defeated by KES. Day five, they were defeated by Finjuice. Day seven, they defeated Tenkozy. And on day eight, the show that aired today, they were defeated, or they defeated G.O.D. This is my disappointing team of the tournament. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, Elgin and Cobb are two guys, they're they're excellent in singles action. They have they're excellent. They have high caliber matches, you know, all throughout the year, different promotions. They're excellent. Like on paper, like Cobb and Elgin together should be like a four star machine. And bro, last year they were having really good now, granted, I just gave a recommend to that Finjuice match, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they but like the problem is what I've said before is that I, I mentioned how last year they felt disconjointed. They feel way more disconjointed. They just feel like two guys who happen to be wrestling on the same like team, but they do not feel like a tag team. You and even if they put together like a cool, because um, they did do like some sort of backcracker move. Yeah, they do. Well, first they do the um, like the basket toss backbreaker thing, and they do like the Cobb will powerbomb the a powerbomb backstabber at the same time. Yeah, that's cool. And I mean, they and then they have the general stuff that they do. But the the bottom line is, as great as all that is, and it's well and good. Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb are two of the premier athletes and premier wrestlers in the country and in the world internationally, whatever level you want to talk about. They should be at the tip, tip, tip top of this tournament. And the fact that I'm talking about Finjuice being a better team than them, and the fact that I'm talking about, you know, uh, Zack Sabre and Taichi putting on better matches than them, and and KES being more consistent, that's a shame. That's a shame. And I think that... um, you know they might still have time to turn it around or whatever, but for whatever reason, like they're they're not like doing good business together. Um, I did have a thought though because they are two and three, and it seems like they're not being like could maybe hypothetically. Do you think New Japan could be setting these guys up for like a future um, program with each other coming out of this tournament? Maybe. I, I wish I was watching the uh, backstage promos and I could <laughs> tell you if I'm getting a vibe for that or not. Yeah. Like it's it's more conjecture, but I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe they know there's heat there and they're just gonna play off of it. You know? <laughs> maybe, yeah. But I mean, they yeah they've taken three losses and that's I mean, in this tournament you gotta probably figure that they need eight to ten points to win it. Right. And they're so like, pretty much they can't lose any more matches. They're not far from being like eliminated and. Last year, they were, like, right right towards the – until the end. I mean, they ended up with eight points. It was a smaller field. So, I mean, eight points in the in, in a smaller block was, like, they were winning a lot. Right. They were on top of the – yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very surprised to a degree. And I'm more surpri- – I'm not, not only am I surprised about the booking, I'm surprised uh, just the quality of the, the match performance. Yeah. Even, like, that, that Finjuice match could have been better. It could have been better, yeah. But it just generally as a tag team, like I just don't get a vibe that like this this is like a great tag team or whatever. Yeah. It's just like two guys show, like maybe they don't want to work together. I don't know. I'm not, well, you know there was that that heat that we talked about from last year. So yeah, and New Japan like we saw that we saw the booking for this tournament. They just threw teams that they did last year. So mm. 
They're like, whatever, Cobb and Elgin, like, just come on board. They don't even coordinate their outfits half the time. <laughs> yeah. It pissed me off. <laughs> yeah, you know, Elgin's just ran, like, wearing, like, random stuff. Yeah. Cobb's, like, pulling out, like, the blue singlet. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, another team that's also tied with these guys at four points, two wins, three losses. Uh, Tenzan, Kojima, Tenkozy. Day five, they defeated Yoshida and Umino. Day six, they defeated G.O.D. Day seven, they were defeated by Elgin and Cobb. And on today's show, day eight, they were defeated by L.I.J. So, what are you thinking about the New Japan dads here, Tenzan, Kojima? Uh, they've been good. Um, you know what? I'm going to give a little bit of praise to Tenzan because he's been moving pretty good. He has been, yeah. And the only reason I'm noticing it is because of all the stuff that like has gone on with this show and you know over the past few weeks and some of the criticisms I've had. And then I've noticed in some of these matches that he is he's working really hard and he is putting in an effort. So, um and, and I've been like, you know what, Tenzon's moving pretty good. Now, how good is he moving? I don't know. I'm driving down, like, I-275, and I'm only paying half attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eyes on the road, you know? But, um, no, I mean, they've been, they've been fine. I mean, you know, when, when, when everything's said and done, this is probably the greatest tag team in the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, especially domestically speaking. Yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, of course you're, you're gonna you're gonna give them wins, and they're gonna always be impressive to some degree. I mean, I don't think that they've been more impressive than years past or anything like that. I'm I, I'm happy to watch them come out and do their thing. I suppose. Yeah. For what it is, the uh, the young boy match with against Yoshida and Umino was a pretty solid match because you know those guys are just working so hard to you know get noticed and I love to watch the, the New Japan dads kill those, yeah, those young lions that was good um, the G.O.D. you know I once again I mentioned I popped big for uh, Kojima getting the pin in that match I liked when um, I liked when uh, <laughs> Tamatanga tried to headbutt Tenzan yeah and he it like, failed and yeah. he, he's like <laughs> 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 I find almost nothing more entertaining than uh, than Tamatanga squealing like a girl, girl my, it's great um, the Elgin and Cobb match, there were a few, quite a few botches really? in that match. Um, a lot of stuff with like Elgin and Cobb trying to pick up some of these guys, like it didn't quite work out um, the way they want to a lot of times, and some of their moves were botched. But you know, it was what it was. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, Tenzan Kojima, they're a team that I expect them to pick up a few more surprise, quote unquote, surprise wins um, the rest of this tour. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to the real bottom of this list, we got three team or two teams tied at two points, one and four. Uh, we have Togi Makabe and Toa Hanare. Day three, they were defeated by Nakanishi and Nagata. Day five, defeated by LIJ. Day seven, defeated by Finjuice. Day eight, uh, they were defeated by... Um, uh, oh, I got that wrong. I have defeated. I have them defeated. You have it saying that they, they were defeated, defeated by, by Makaban Hanari. They defeated themselves, which is true. That, <laughs> which is probably true in a sense. Uh, they, they 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 were defeated by themselves. Hold on, let me see if I can get the before any of these matches began, because that's where the war really starts. <laughs> 
No, um, I have been so impressed with with Tohinare. Um, Togi Makabe, it's kind of funny. He's like just the guy that's there. Whereas last year it was all about like Makabe and like Hanare just kind of came off as like a geek. And now like Hanare is like the highlight of these matches. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, like I mentioned earlier, kind of doing all the, the heavy lifting. I like the stuff with him and um, I liked the LIJ match quite a bit. And I like the stuff between him and Evil in that match. Uh, so they were defeated by um, Hangman and Yujiro. Oh, by Dick and Balls. Yes. Wow. Man. Okay. So, you know, I mean, last year they only got one win, two points. So, I mean, they're already right where they were last year and it's early in the tournament. So they're definitely going to do better than they did the year before. Um, I mean, this is right where I thought these guys would pretty much be. I mean, I don't have much more to say than that. I just, I think Tohinari is very impressive. Yeah. Um, and the other team that's one and four is Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. On day three, they were defeated by Makabe and Hanare. Day five, they were defeated by Suzuki and Iska. Day seven, defeated by Ishii and Yano. And day eight, they were defeated by Killer Elite Squad. So they've lost four in a row. Um, yeah, I mean, the first w- victory they picked up was against uh, Tenkozi. Um... I don't know. I I haven't really been too impressed with Nagata and Nakanishi in this tournament, and I love Nagata. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen any performance where I've been like, yeah, none. Of, like if you're cherry picking, like none of their matches are like go out of your way to watch. Thus far, I've been more impressed with the Tenkoji matches than the uh, you know Blue Justice Monster Morning matches. So yeah. And then at the, at the bottom of the list, we've got Yoshida and Umino sitting at zero and five, which is pretty pretty much to be expected. They're right. the young lion team, but um, you know they lost to Tenkozi, they lost to Best Friends, Hangman, Hangman and Yujiro, and then Saber and Taichi. Um, what have you thought though, seeing these two guys so far? You know these guys, they are busting their ass every night. They're you know trying their best to you know make the most of this opportunity and, you know, get some shine. Um, and, you know, they're, they're doing great. Um, Umino and Yoshida, you know, they're obviously two of the top guys in the Young Lion class right now, and it's showing why. You want my take? What? I'm like, I was way more impressed with the matches involving Suji and Yumura as a tag team yeah. than the one than what we've seen out of Yoshida and Umino. I don't think I've ever really been as high on Umino as everyone else has been, though, personally speaking. Um, but I don't want to sit here and disparage them. I'm just saying, like, those are two guys with much less experience that I'm more impressed by when I watch them. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, for what you would expect out of Yoshida and Umino in this tournament, as far as the mechanics, as far as stories go and as far as like I, I did like the best friends match actually quite a bit I thought the stuff with them and Chucky e. T and uh, Trent was pretty funny yeah <laughs> um, but yeah I mean they, they've been doing well this is a great learning experience for them and I mean I, I haven't been blown away or anything but I mean it's been good yeah I mean they just they worked they were to me they, they're, they're working really hard I wanted see last year I wanted that Haas team I wanted Hanari and and uh, Oka no Kitamura oh Hanari and Kitamura yeah, and I wanted them to, to job. I thought, I thought you wanted Oka and Cle- I thought for sure one of the guys you wanted was Oka. I did want Oka, but Hanari was already in the tournament, so it was, uh, I wanted it to be Hanari and, and uh, Kitamura. Kitamura. Mm. But, um, 
you know, I'm 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 more prone to like the Haas teams, but Yoshi and Umino are fine here. I mean, are, how like have you been very impressed? Or I mean, I, th- I think they've been it's working really hard. I mean, they haven't had any like blowaway matches. I mean, nothing that have they, nothing they've done has been four stars or anything. But I think they're working really hard. I mean, a lot of their matches are are typically pretty short. Um, but with the time they have, I mean, they're trying to you know get their stuff in and be impressive. And I think they've been working really hard. I mean, you know, they did a good job. So with the World Tag League, because that's going to do it for the, um, you know, for our team recap. Is there anything on the horizon that you're looking forward or, you know, forward to or, uh, you know, any final thoughts you got? Like, you know, um, well, I don't have like the upcoming matches, so I'm not sure what's coming up in the um, for the rest of the tournament. Um, but, you know, uh, I'm keeping an eye out on Saber and Tai Chi to see if they continue to impress. Um, keeping an eye out for LIJ. Um, they've been pretty solid in the team. Also keeping an eye out for best friends um, to see if they can remain, um, you know, maintain their MVP status for us. Um, so between now and next week, we've got uh, shows coming up on Dece- Monday, December 3rd, Sunday, December 2nd, Friday, November 30th, and then Thursday, November 29th. And Wednesday, November twenty eighth. Man, this month is just <laughs> flying by. Yeah. Um. So we got another like five nights coming up here. So let's just see some of these matches. So November twenty eighth. Let's see. Well, you got Lij and the Young Lions team. You've got. Uh, wait, was the, did this already happen? Nope. That's if it's the twenty eighth. That has not happened. Okay, so you got G.O.D. taking on K.E.S. That's one to look out for. They yeah. had a really good match last year. Um, Ishii and Yano against uh, Hangman Yujiro could be one to look out for. Yep, super strong team taking on uh, Hanari and Makabe. Finn Juice against um, Isuka and Suzuki. Tenkoji against Best Friends. Nakanishi and Nagata against uh, Taichi and Zack Sabre. And Lij, so I mean, this doesn't nec- this lineup doesn't really like knock my socks off or anything like that so far. But I mean, you know, we got to get through it, obviously. So I mean, everyone's gonna face everybody. Um, taking a look at November 29th, and dude, we're almost done with November. Like, we gotta pick a match, match of the, the month, month the and wrestle the, the month. Yeah. Super strong team again. Uh, the Young Lions, which I'm that I I'm very that. <laughs> uh, Nakanishi and Nagata against Finjuice. Tenkoji against KES. Hmm, just looking. We've actually gotten a lot of the better matches already. Yeah. Here's one Here's one on uh, November 30th that uh, I think a lot of people are interested in is Minoru Suzuki and Iska against Taichi and Zack Sabre. Yeah, I'm really interested in the key and Sabre. In- and on that same night, uh, you get the chaos team of Ishii and Yano against LIJ, which... That could be really good. And that's in the semi-main that night, so that's I think that's they're gonna get time. It's yeah. gonna be good. That, yeah, that's actually the 29th. I'm sorry, the 30th. Uh, let's see here. Anything? Just kind of taking a look over it. Well, uh, on the 29th, you have KES against Taichi and Zack Saber, and that will, so that's gonna gonna kind of uh, finish up the Lij matches you mean or the Suzuki game. Yeah. That one's interesting. Um, I think Jeff Cobb and Michael Elgin against Ishii and Yano has Barnburner written all over oh, it. Oh, yeah, I mean, the interaction between Ishii and Elgin and Ishii and Cobb should be great. 
And then the main event, Sonata and uh, Evil against G.O.D., which is a rematch of the finals from last mm, year. Yeah, that should be good. Yeah. So there's, like, quite a few, like, little things to look out for. And then once we get to December, so next Sunday night, um, KES is going to murder the Young Lions. <laughs> um, just kind of taking a look over here. Super Strong Team against uh, Best Friends should be really good. And G.O.D. against Taichi and Zack Sabre in the main event. Hmm. Which is not a match that I don't think I would ever be, like, excited for. But <laughs> this tournament has done a good job. I mean, bro, they've done it twice with... Uh, man, they just keep putting Zack Sabre over, like, all year. Like, man, it's been awesome. Dude, he's been the tournament king this year. Yeah, yeah, he has been. And then um, next Monday night, which I don't know if we'll have watched it by the time we record... But, like, I don't know if we'll have it. We probably won't have watched it by the time we record. But um, just taking a look over here. Well, you got Finn Juice against KES. That looks interesting. Super strong team against Taichi and Zack Sabre. Best friends against LIJ, LIJ. in the semi-main that night. Oh, man. That's going to be awesome. Also, Makabe and Hanari against Toro, Yano, and Ishii probably be good. So, I mean, there's there's quite a few nights to, like, really... Stick your teeth in. So mm. we're getting to the we're getting to the meat and potatoes of this tournament basically at this point. Yeah. So yeah, so that's your World Tag League update for this week. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned for for more updates next week's episode. But we're gonna knock out the rest of these questions and then get into the news. Um, so this is more of a statement from Reddit user Camputa. He says, "All hail the two and a half man commentary team of Kevin Kelly, Don Cows, and Chris or no." Chris Charlton, he says, um, honestly, I can't wait for the last four shows when they uh, they produce shows of commentary that, that are actually presentable. Also, I truly believe Naito Okada, Jay White could have been shoehorned in this tournament. New Japan dads just aren't believable in their efforts. So any thoughts on Naito Okada and Jay White being in this tournament? Um, yeah, I think, they could, I think that that makes a lot of sense. They definitely could have done that. Um, especially because they haven't even announced the Ishii and um, Zack Sabre match for Wrestle Kingdom yet. I mean, we got the tease for it at at uh, the Rev Pro show, but it's not been made official. And they're not going to make it official until the tournament's, the tournament's over. over. Yeah. Um, now, Okada and Jay White. No, you know what? Actually, I take it back. I don't think, given the style booking that they do in New Japan, that they would do that at this point because... They've already announced Naito against Chris Jericho. They've already announced Okada and Jay White. And that's kind of the reason we don't have Kenny or Tanahashi in this tournament either. Right. Clearly, because the whole point of this tournament is to put a tag team on Wrestle Kingdom. So, clearly, these guys all have matches already. So Now, let's. I do want to say this. Yes. Could there be a criticism that the New Japan dads are not believable in their efforts? Like... I guess one one way I would interpret that, is it realistic to think that they're going to get a tag title match at Ruskin. No. No. But neither is Hanare and Makabe, and neither is... Sabre and Taichi. Any number of teams that are here. Yeah. So, I mean, that's never been my criticism of, of the you know, the New Japan dad, so I, I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, personally. I would like for there to be bigger names in this tournament like there has been in the past, just out of pure selfishness. Right. Um, because, you know, I mean, who doesn't want to see Naito and Jay White and Okada tag in this tournament? That'd be great. But realistically, given the fact that they're in matches, they're not going to do that. Yeah. Also, I, I'm right there with you. Kevin Kelly, Don Callis, and Chris Charlton, they're like an awesome, awesome team. Yeah. 
Um, next Reddit user a blue a blue three says rank the current young lions from least to most potential. Did you see that Kenamitsu was working ringside? On yeah, this tour? I did. Yeah. I wonder if he's gonna come back or not. I mean, there's been rumors. I don't know. Probably not. But okay. So, um, so who so who are the current? Who are the young lions? So we have there's uh, Umino. Uh, Yagi. Yagi. No, he's no, hurt. he's gone. He's, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Uh, Suji. Yumura. Yumura. Are we gonna talk about Oka and Kawato or no? Uh, they're on an excursion. Yeah. Because technically they're not gonna be young lions when they come back. I don't know if you. T- I don't know if you consider them for this. I mean, yeah. um, are we gonna count Yoshida? No. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's throw them in there. Okay. Yoshida. Um, Narita. Is that everybody? I think so, right? Because Yagi's gone. Kitamura's gone. Um, Oko's on excursion. Kawato's on excursion. Yo, your handwriting is awful. Bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I've never seen you write. I literally cannot. I don't know what you just wrote. Is that say Tesla? <laughs> oh, man. What is that? Suji. Oh, that's Suji? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. If you can only see the abomination <laughs> of desolation. Uh, that's, that's why I normally type stuff. <laughs> okay, so you've got... Umino, Suji, Yumura, Yoshida, and Narita. Are we missing any anyone else? Um, well, because Oka's on excursion. O- Oka's gone. Kawato's gone. Kawato's gone. Yagi's gone. Kitamura's gone. Jeez. Uh, that's, that's it. Okay, okay. And so the question is... Least to most potential. That's a very open-ended question because when you say least to most potential, I mean, what kind of criteria are we really... Now Now, now that you've asked the question, thank you for the question, but you've left it open to the devices of me and Jeremy, and we're going to have to bring some definition. So what do you... How do you... What do you think you want to write this based on? Um, so I think there's a big difference between, like, talent... And star potential or, you know, I mean, like... what I, To me, I feel like he's talking about star potential. Like, who's going to be the biggest star out of this this group? Man, you just never know. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, I can easily sit here and rate who I like the best. Right. And who I think are the best workers or things like that. But then you look at so many guys that end up being big stars in New Japan that that were awful when they're in the young line system and so many guys that were great as young lines that never amount to anything. So it's, it's, it's a crap shoot really. But I mean, if we're going to take, I mean, this current crop of young lines are just incredible. Like they're incredible. Oh man. I mean, off the top of my head, the one guy that when I see him wrestle more than anybody else, I just see star potential. I don't know how, how high the ceiling is for him, but for me, it's going to be, uh, Suji. Mm. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, so I'll give my rating first, and you can kind of, I guess, give yours. So I would go Suji. As your most. Yep. I would go Suji. So. Uh, number two, let me, let's go, um, I'm going to go Yoshida. Okay. Just because the attribute, I don't even really like Yoshida that much, but just I could see how they can make money with a kid like that. Um, number three, I'm going to go Narita, I think he's underrated guy. 
And then number four, I'm going to go Amino. And then number five, I'm going to go Yamora. Okay. So for me, uh, most potential, I also agree with you on Suji. I think he's going to be, you know, a big heavyweight star. Um, well, he has the potential to be a big heavyweight star. Um, for me, next, um, I'm going to go Umido. Just because he is pushed as the ace of the young boys. Yeah, um, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, um, and I could see him going on an excursion next year. Do you do you want to know the, the main reason that I kind of, like, underrate Umino a bit? Hmm. He's small. Yeah. Like, they don't really state it, or it's not, like, a highlighted thing, but, like... He's not a big guy, and it seems like they're gonna push him as a heavyweight. When I think in reality, he's kind of got—he doesn't have like a, a heavyweight frame. I think he should be a junior, but he ha- he carries the weight of a heavyweight yeah. on a junior frame. So I wonder about that. Like for instance, like they're never gonna push. Um, well, maybe they will one day, but like you know, they've talked about Show going up. A Show small. Like Umino's small too, dude, and like he's nowhere near. He's the- not jacked like Show is. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the one reason where I'm like. Sometimes I think Umino gets pushed out of nepotism a bit. Because <laughs> of red shoes. That's not to say he's not a talented guy. I know, I know there's someone out there that loves Umino right now, and they're they're freaking out that I just said that <laughs> already, and they're like, these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. But I do feel like I've he does brings he has great qualities. He has a really he's a fiery guy, and he brings a lot to the table. But I don't think he can do anything better than Narita or better than Yagi did or better than Kawato or better than Oka. Like, I never thought he was the... I always thought he was the worst out of those five guys. Yeah. And I think he does get pushed because of his family standing. Hmm. So, I don't know. That's... They might they might push him to be a star, but I don't know, man. Sometimes I think, like... Sometimes I think he might be, like, Yoshihashi or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not high on Amino. I don't yeah. know. Um, the next for me after Amino, I would go Yoshida. Um, clearly, they brought him in from K Dojo. They're cl- clearly a guy they want to mold and work on. Um, he's kind of in that in between, like not young lion, not quite low card. He's like a mix, like not. And, so, and I'm not high on him, but the I'm re- not. I'm not high on him either. But the reason I pick him is because he's tall. He's got the Okada look. Right, he does. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I can see them making money with him in a way where they won't with Amino because he's got like matinee idol looks or whatever yeah um and then uh second to last i'll go with narita Woo! um don't get me wrong i love narita he's a great in-ring worker but to me i don't i don't think they see narita as high as like we see him right based on the way he's booked and what they've done with him um and just the way he i mean his facial it feels like he's got a long road ahead of him yeah i mean I think personally, I think he's the best worker out of everyone in the group. Yeah, I've we've had people, you know, disagree with me, and that's that's fine. Obviously, I think he could really improve. The reason I don't have him very high either is because we don't know what kind of character work he's going to have. We don't know what kind of charisma he's going to bring to the table. Right. We just know what. And Umora is kind of the same way for me too. That's why I right. got. I think that's why we both got him at the bottom. Right. I mean. Imora, he's a solid worker. He's a, but, he's a great worker. Yeah, but but you know, once again, um, he is kind of small. Uh, not sure what kind of gimmick he's gonna get. What kind of charisma? Like the other thing too is like you know, you might say like, oh well, they rake they rate they rated you more at the bottom. It's like someone's gotta be at the bottom. I mean, all five of these guys are incredible. Right. Like, we can't go. Like, <laughs> like, how can I make you more of 
and be better than than everybody. Like it's really hard. Like yeah. this is a this is a difficult question. And everybody knows me. I'm a, I'm a mark for you know amateur wrestlers. So I love Umora. Umora is a really good wrestler. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thank you, A Blue Three, for that question. Uh, next, was uh, it with the fire question yes. this week? I want to read this. One. <laughs> All right, go for it. Push one, send one out on excursion, and fire one. Yoshihashi, David Finley, and Toa Hinari. And um, I mean, this is easy, man. You're gonna push Toa Hinari. No, I'm sorry. I'm gonna push Dave Finley. I'm gonna send Toa Hinari out on excursion. No, you know what? Flip flop that. Let's push Toa Hinari. Oh, that's a tough one, actually. Who do you send on the excursion? So for me, I'm I'm sending David Finley on excursion. Um, and having him come back. Yeah. With a new gimmick. That, I agree. And then um, pushing Toa Hinari because he kind of has a gimmick and he's a really he's he's really good right now. Uh, so. And then I'm gonna fire Yoshi Hashi. <laughs> Yoshi Hashi. You're fired. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Toa Hinari, push, David Finley, excursion, Yoshihashi, fired. Dude, you not even you know, you question. already know that all the Yoshihashi fans out there going to come at us for firing him. And you know what? Oddly enough, this is my KMF rating for these three guys, too. So. <laughs> Yo. Anyways, <laughs> uh, speaking speaking of uh, KMF, we have uh, Reddit user Senpai got laid. Uh, <laughs> That's he, funny. He asks us your thoughts on Kawato-san and where he might fit in after excursion, like in which stable and what role. Before Kawato left, I always saw Kawato as being like the heir apparent when he comes back to like say Kushida. Like I've always just seen him as being a junior ace. I don't know if that will be the case or not, but Kawato is very impressive to me. I, I obviously there's been some uh, troubling, you know, reports about his time in CMLL, but a lot of guys have had trouble down there before and come back and been fantastic stars. So I mean, I take it with a grain of salt. Plus, I'm not, I don't watch that product intensely, but I've, I've always thought Kawato. For instance, ah oh man, people are gonna think I'm bearing Umino, and like I'm really not because Umino is great. Like, but. Umino's in the role that Kawato was in, and Kawato always came off to me as like, wow, this guy is something incredible. And like, Umino comes off to me as like, wow, this is a guy who's really improved and gotten better over the past year, but ne- I've never seen him at Kawato's level. Right. Um, you know, to me, I think there's a possibility maybe if if he's in a stable, I could see him winding up in LIJ. A lot of people say that. Especially now. Um, you kind of hope that's where he ends up. Right. Well, here's the thing. So, I mean, it's clear that eventually Shingo has to move up to heavyweight. So, if you move Shingo up to heavyweight, you can tag Bushi and Kawato together. I don't know where you put him. Um, I mean, LIJ is like, that's the hot stable. I mean, you, anyone who goes to LIJ is going to be over and they're going to, like, they, they just, they're going to be a star. Yeah. So, yeah, if he goes to LIJ, he's going to be a star. Um I don't, and I mean, he went to Mexico, so I mean, it's the the, the obvious. He was in Mexico. He was in CMLL. Yeah. Put him in, put him in Lij. That makes like sense to me. I think it's a little basic though, kind of like contrived thing. Right. But then at the same time, I'm like, I don't think I want to put him in chaos. 
I definitely don't want to put him in the Bullet Club. I could I could see him being like mentored by Tanahashi. You know how Tanahashi's been kind of reaching out to different people yeah. and kind of trying to get them under his wing? Well, him and Tanahashi, like, teamed together quite a bit. And, like, he kind of was mentored by Tanahashi before right. he left. So, so I could see him, like, you know, tagging with Tanahashi coming back. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, like, I'm kind of hoping, like, maybe the stables get shook up more than they were this past year. And when he comes back, there's a different group altogether that he could be part of that. I mean, the only other group that I'm, like, not saying he should be part of it, but, I mean, you could always hypothetically put him in Suzuki Goon. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not great at this sort of, I'll, I see these types of posts pop up on the Reddit all the time about like where guys from excur- should go to excursions or when they come back from excursions, which team they should be part of or faction like shifts and stuff. And I'm not, I never think like that. Like I'm never like, we should switch some of these factions around. Here's how I would do it. I never think like, I don't know. My brain doesn't work that way. Like it's too much work for me. <laughs> like I'm having trouble, like putting Kawato in it. I mean, LIJ is probably the best case scenario. And then I'd say Suzuki Gun's like second place. Yeah. And then third, obviously Taguchi Japan. So yeah. Or can just not be unstable at all. And just, Bro, why'd you no sell that? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, he might not have to be in a stable. I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, next question comes from Dots218. What happens if the champion wins the G1? Um, so in a scenario, if the champion wins the G1 Climax, don't they, they choose their own challenger, right? We it, It's never happened. Well, okay, so the champion has won the G1 in the past. Uh, Kensuke Sasaki did it as well as uh, Kijimuto in 95. So yes, it's happened before, but the... The thing that they have now where if you win the G1, you go to, you know, Wrestle Kingdom and, you know, headline the January 4th Dome show, that, like, didn't always exist. So that was never the reason originally for the G1. Um, So with that being the case, since they started doing the briefcase and they started doing the title shot and all that, that's never occurred. So we don't really know what would happen. I assume that would be like some of the other tournaments, like when, for instance... Rapongi 3K won the Junior Tag League, then they can kind of maybe hypothetically dictate their own um, title match. Yeah. Or it could just open up the potential for a different avenue of storytelling where they don't have to rely on someone carrying around a briefcase for, you know, from August to January. Right. But we don't really know. I mean, they've never spelled it out before because I don't think they're going to book that to actually happen. You know, and if they did, I think they'd probably make a bigger deal about what's going to happen. So we don't know, but. Uh, Next question comes from Reddit user ZMR Zobakis. He says, I know New Japan has shows on the American West Coast, but do you know if it has any presence in Florida, particularly Central Florida and or New York? Merchandise, meet and greet, smaller shows, etc. What about CMLL? Are there any noteworthy local wrestling promotions slash shows that take place in Central Florida? Thanks. Okay. Well, uh, we know we're located in <laughs> in Tampa, Florida, and um, you know all the way from Tampa Bay to the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> um, in Florida, there's not really a, any kind of New Japan presence. I mean, the closest thing we got was the CEO uh, Cross New Japan show in Daytona. 
Um, I mean, New Japan, their East Coast presence is mainly with Ring of Honor shows. Um, you know, the Global Wars, War of the Worlds, they rest, they work the East Coast for that, uh, those tours. Um, I mean, we saw Kenny here in Lakeland uh, for a Ring of Honor taping. Um, but outside of that, I mean, New Japan's really not in the East Coast. I mean, they will be in New York in April for Madison Square Garden. Yeah, this this um, so I mean CMLL is a is a Mexican based company. They they run Arena Mexico every Friday night, and they do shows in Mexico. New Japan does shows almost exclusively in Japan. Yes, they do. They've run a few dates over the past few years in California, but they're kind of treating that like a regional sort of situation. Um, the fact that we did get that CEO show, I mean, it wasn't really, I mean, it was technically a New Japan show. It really wasn't really. a New that was, Japan That was show. all because of Kenny. It was a, yeah, it was a Kenny Produce show. Yeah. Um, so if you live in Central Florida, just to answer your question, um, and you're expect or you're wondering about seeing an international product like CMLL or like New Japan, it's probably not going to happen. Sure. If you are in Central Florida, though, and, you know, we could talk extensively about the companies that run out there. I mean, there's a lot of wrestling, but yeah, um, the big companies, MLW runs Orlando. Right. I mean, your best chance of seeing the CMLL guys is go to like an MLW. I mean, they got Pentagon and Phoenix. They're bringing in Roosh, um, LA Park, LA Hijo to LA Park. I mean, MLW, I mean, they're starting a Spanish YouTube channel. They're, they're tapping into that uh, Spanish market and they're featuring a lot of luchadors. I mean, you got the big feud right now with um, Selena De La Renta and her faction of luchadors going against Conan and his faction of luchadors. Um, so you'll see a lot of CMLL guys there. So, yeah, Major League Wrestling runs out of Orlando. That's a, a well-known one. And then Ring of Honor tours Florida pretty regularly, semi-regularly. I mean, they're here maybe three times a year, maybe more than that. Um, so, I mean, if you want to see some of the New Japan talent or, you know, the elite or, you know, best friends, guys like this, that would be your, your other uh, best bet. And then beyond that, like, there's a lot of – you're not going to see too – other than those two companies, you're probably not going to see a lot of major wrestling in Central Florida. It's going to be a lot of independent promotions. Yeah, things Florida, like yeah. We don't really have many super indies here in Florida. Um, it's a lot of, like – well, here in Tampa, we we got WWN, so we get you know we get the Shine shows and uh, yeah. Evolve, and so I mean, if you're willing to make a drive down to Tampa and you know have a drink with the Keeping It Strong Style boys, <laughs> then yeah, yeah. Um, uh, next question comes from our buddy Kyle Morris. He says, "What happens to Chase and Usual once the Elite guys all leave? If they leave, yeah, that's the real question. Is yeah. if." they leave New Japan and I gotta tell you I don't I am finally at a point where I don't think they're leaving (laughs) (laughs) it's taken a year we've been doing this show a year and I've been very 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 much so believing that they they were gonna leave Um, and we'll talk about in the news here we'll talk about why more so but I don't think they're leaving yeah so let's jump into it right now all elite wrestling um, has been all in wrestling news this week, and it's come out that you know trademarks have been filed for um, AEW All Elite Wrestling All Out Double or Nothing, AEW Double or Nothing, and Tuesday Night Dynamite, and um, all of these registered to um, the Jacksonville Jaguars football team. 
And, you know, that, that story came out a, a few weeks ago with, you know, a potential Jacksonville Jaguars uh, owner's son, um, Tony Khan, being involved in JR and Jericho. Well, the JR and Jericho thing has not been proven to be true, but clearly now with all these trademarks, uh, elite trademarks being registered with Jacksonville Jaguars, there's some foot to that story. And, you know, Double or Nothing is the name um, the proposed name for the second all-in show that's supposed to be happening in 2019. Um, so you know the fact that you know Cody and the Young Bucks are having their, you know having somebody trademark these things. There's some pretty serious you know, plans for this all elite wrestling promotion. Yeah. Um, so I mean, there've been there's been some really excellent coverage of this. Obviously, your go-to source for coverage when it comes to this is going to be Wrestling Observer, Wrestling Observer Radio. They're the ones who are kind of talking, you know. Yeah, um, this past week's Observer, there's a, a full little write-up on uh, the whole details on All Elite Wrestling, more about uh, Tony Khan um, and the Khan family and the elite group sticking together. And, you know, the thing I'm hearing about Khan, he, I mean, he's been an obs- obs- Observer subscriber since he was a teenager. Um, he's even sent in live reports to Dave. So this is clearly a guy who's been a fan of professional wrestling and kind of understands the business side of things. So We've spent, you know, the majority of the show talking about World Tag League and when in actuality this all-elite wrestling news story that's broken is the biggest story of the week. Yeah. Um, and, and there are some major implications of how this is affecting business uh, across the world, tons of things are just coming. You know, it's it's crazy. It's a crazy time in in the um, you know, in the wrestling industry right now. But um, so we'll we'll talk a little bit more about all elite, all elite wrestling. But to answer your question directly, Kyle, obviously with the news that there is a potential um, company on the rise. You know that Kenny, the Bucks, and Cody, and all these guys might be forming. There is the speculation: Will they be leaving? And then, if they do leave, how does that affect you know Chase and Ujiro? I think that if they end up leaving, then Chase and Ujiro end up kind of being like two guys who were part of a stable who have established characters, and they'll either have to switch characters and join a different group, or or just kind of be those leftover remnants of something that once was. Right. I mean, or, I mean, they could end up just joining the Bullet Club again. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, hypothetically, you could potentially do that. I don't know if they would, though. New Year's Dash, you know, have Chase and Yujiro turn their backs on... It's not really... Yeah, I mean, you could. I don't think that's a great, like... I don't know. New Year's Dash, they usually do really good storylines, and I'm like... It's not. I mean, it's chasing Ujiro. Like, <laughs> I mean, like how how shock. It, it's not exactly Kenny Omega one wing dangling uh, AJ uh, Styles. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, like, I don't think. Yeah. What happens to them? I mean, there's any. There's a three or four different ways they could go with it. It's not like the, that crazy to me. You know what I mean? Because right. I've seen a lot of people be like, well, "What do they do with chasing Ujiro?" And it's like, I don't know. Like, keep them teamed up change their gimmicks, repackage them, have them rejoin the bull club. I mean, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? I don't I don't think they're dead in the water. Without, they're not. They could I mean, be, they, they got they got a million they got a million options what yeah, they could do with them. They'll be fine without the elite guys. Especially Chase. <laughs> Chase will, Chase will probably be better off if they were to leave than that could free him up to actually like not be known as the fall guy of, of right. the bullet club. Yeah. 
yeah, he could be a guy that they push for the Western expansion. But to talk a little bit more about All Elite Wrestling, uh, we got our final question from Brian Kinsella of the Ricky and Clive uh, Wrestling Show. And he says, if this AEW promotion gets fleshed out, do you think they should look for a TV deal or just adopt a streaming service model? Um, for me, I, I really think in they, this day and age that they still need to look for TV over streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they need that national exposure if they want to be a competitive um, source in this market, if they want to compete with WWE, if they want to lure guys to their promotion, I think they need that national TV deal. Here's my question, and I've I've talked I've had most of my conversations with Rich What Up Rich of uh, One Nation Radio, and when we were kind of discussing this, now I'm not I'll, I'm by no means like a marketing guy or a television industry guy. Like I don't you know I understand hypothetically how the money works, but I'm I don't get this stuff that much. But one thing I've wondered, okay, so to kind of put it in layman terms. You know, there was a company that was rumored a few weeks ago, and Jericho was tied to it. Jr. was tied to it. The this family, the Cons, who are from, who own the Jacksonville Jaguars, were tied to it. Um, as far as rumors are concerned, and then um, you know the four main guys from the Elite: Cody, the Young Bucks, and Kenny. And hypothetically, the rest of the Elite guys would be involved with this in some some manner. And when we heard it, I kind of thought it was a ridiculous idea. But, you know, once the, the trademarks started coming out, that was kind of the smoking gun last week was yeah. these trademarks that, that we know that they're, they're planning to do all into and it was going to be called All or Nothing. And the trademark for AEW, All Elite Wrestling, AEW All or Nothing. And then the fact that it is the, the actual LLCs for all this is tied to... The home address of the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah, yeah, the TIAA Stadium. So the, you can just connect the the dots, and it, it, now it appears that it's not just smoke that's tied. And to also, this fire. Cody has been tweeting a lot about the Jaguars this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you do a history search, he has been, and like, yeah, it's like people want to talk about New Japan throwing out breadcrumbs. Like <laughs> they've been throwing out breadcrumbs all year. Yeah, but um, my question is, what would this company? B, because the wrestling industry is so, oh man, it's so precarious. Like you know like, what I mean? Like, like what? Do you, what would you mean? What kind of business model mm-hmm. do they do they adopt? Is this going to be like, let's say, okay, we know they've got financial backing, right? Let's say they get bodies, right? And they got a, they've got a group of guys. They've got a promotion. Um, is this a company that's going to do a similar business model to WWE where they tour the country and they do house shows and then they set up television? Or is it going to be like WCW back in the day where it's primarily television tapings or, you know, like how NXT is where they're mm-hmm. taping and they're they're in studios doing that sort of thing. Um, one thing that I thought about, and I don't know if this is what they would do. I don't know if it would make business sense or not, but it kind of... What if they did – this is just an idea I had because I was like, I just don't know if those uh, – those, I don't know if they try to do like what Ring of Honor is doing or Impact is doing right. or, or MLW or these different – or WWE. What if this was a company that kind of tried to adopt the UFC model? And just doing pay-per-view? Big shows. Yeah. 
Like, I'm not saying that that's all they would ever do, but I do feel like that 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 they're they just they did all they did all in, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'm not saying that I could see them like having ten, nothing but ten thousand seat shows all the time, mm-hmm. but you know, Pride and the UFC both were companies that did these big major shows and like back in the day in Japan you, you look at like the UWFI and companies like this where they would build big shows and they've already shown a track record of being able to build big shows using being the elite and things like that mm-hmm. um, what if they were able to secure a television deal where they're like because you look at PBC like like boxing and you look at the UFC and you look at World Series of Fighting and I know these are a little bit different but you know the, they're not doing episodic television they're doing big events a few times a year and getting paid a bunch of money for it yeah and what if like AEW was able to basically take the model of say um what's it called over on the east coast the super indie um what's wrong with me which uh, every month there's a evolve no on the east coast over in California you mean west coast west coast my bad PWG what if they were doing what if AEW just becomes major league PWG hmm. and they're just doing big 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 shows i mean you'd be hard like you would it'd be hard to convince me that if they were bringing in big names big guys and doing big shows like that and then running um not touring like Poughkeepsie or or touring like you know West Palm Beach but they're only running like Atlanta, Tampa, you know, Boston, you know, New York City, Philadelphia, Philly, big, like big cities. And they're running mid to large size arenas exclusively. Um, And then with the right amount, I feel like that could be what they're planning to do. That's a great um, idea. The only thing that makes me that makes me think they wouldn't go that way is just the fact that they already trademarked Tuesday Night Dynamite. So you think? Oh, okay. So you think Tuesday Night Dynamite? Yeah, that's what they've trademarked. Tuesday Night Dynamite? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's a very it's a horrible. That's name. Not, hey guys, if you're listening out there, just know Tuesday Night Dynamite is an awful name. But just because show. they trademark it doesn't mean it's gonna happen. I mean, I know this is my yeah. attempt to curve that. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do like your idea of doing the whole UFC model slash PWG kind of thing. I'm not saying they're gonna do that. I'm just saying yeah. like I like. Well, one reason I thought of this, okay, is because we got to ask ourselves, how is this going to affect the relationships with all these other companies? Right. And all, almost all of these guys have voiced on some level or another, the fact that they want to keep working with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Because they're all saying it, I think that they want to keep working with New Japan. And why would they not want to? I mean, it's the second largest company in the world. Right. So it's a great relationship to have. And to say, like, oh, you know, we have all elite wrestling superstars on New Japan. That's going to give their show buzz. It will, it, yeah, it would help their show. Um, the reason I was saying that they could make it like PWG is because let's say they have this company that exists out there. And I, I mentioned this to... Um, Rich, and if I'm just a simple mark and I don't know business, then that might just be what this is because I'm there. Someone else could probably definitely come out and be like, hey, for this reason, this reason, this reason, it wouldn't work. And I would be like, okay, because I'm not by any means like a a businessman like that. (laughs) But, you know, 
they start this company, let's say they, they have a partnership with, with New Japan. Now they can run big shows and then bring over Tomohiro Ishii, Kazushiko Okada, Tetsuya Naito, LIJ, Hiroshi Tanahashi, you know, chaos. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, and even... And also, too, I mean, if they wanted to somehow stay with Ring of Honor, I mean, they could feature Ring of Honor guys as well. I think that that relationship's going to be broken once this is all said and done. Yeah. But one reason I thought about this idea of having major shows only is because if they were to be able to come to these other companies... Because they've shown a willingness to work with outside companies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And if they were able to go to Impact and able to go to Ring of Honor and go to these companies that are in the U.S. and say, what you guys are doing is nothing like what we are doing. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to run big, major, big crossover shows right. that, that will feature the best wrestlers. We're, in the world. we're essentially doing 12 super cards. Super cards exclusively, yeah. big pay-per-views. And if you guys want to be tied to it, you can keep. We're not going to compete against you in the sense that we're not going to run tours in your areas. We're not going to try to compete with your television. In fact, if you work with us, we will highlight your champions. We will highlight your titles. We will highlight your show and give you a bigger name. Yeah. And and then if they are able to keep the the New Japan um, relationship, they can get all those guys from CMLL. And some of those guys from AAA that are now working with them, they can keep, they can grab guys from RevPro. They can literally get a talent base. And the thing is, they've got enough money to do it now. Yeah. Well, hypothetically, right. if, if, if the money is right, that's behind it. And if they can get the right merchandise or the right advertising deal and sponsorship behind this, then these other companies like New Japan wants to expand in the U.S. And everyone's talking about how like this could hypothetically impede that. Mm-hmm. And it, that it might. But what if it? What if it? What if they're in here to do business, and these guys are trying to make money? Don't get me wrong; like they're businessmen, they're, right? They're, they're trying they're, to make money. Yeah. But what if they realize that killing the industry is not the way to do it, and monopolizing the industry is not the way to do it? Right. So they want to help build up all these other Everybody. companies as well as build their company. It sounds like a dream, or like very altruistic, and yeah. maybe I'm being naive in saying this, but like, and and here's another thing too. Okay, I think that they know that you got to have showcase you got to showcase talent that people in order to get people to come you got to showcase things to them that they they don't always have the ability to see you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so let's say that they try to work with new japan and new japan says no they're not going to do this sort of thing whatever company this ends up being if it even works Mm -hmm. you know all they got to do is just go to big or i'm sorry go to like all japan noah dragon gate or like stardom or whoever and they're gonna get and they're they're gonna get those guys and you know, we talk about how much we love New Japan. Obviously, that's the whole point of this podcast. But, you know, from all the reports, Noah's had a banner year this year. All Japan's had, like, a banner year. And, you know, when when did Wrestle Kingdom 9, like, happen? That was, what, three? Three years ago? ago? What, this year's Wrestle Kingdom 12? Yeah. It's 20... Next year's 2019? Yeah, next year's 2019. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2019, so, and it's 2012, so I'm terrible at math. Three years ago, yeah, so, so what, 2016? Yeah. But, like, okay, so that's the thing, like, New New Japan? 2016? Yeah. Maybe 2015? 2015, okay. I don't know, I'm terrible at math. But, you know, the thing is, with, with New Japan is, like, since 2015, they've been on everybody's radar. 
but they've been putting on this kind of level of product since like 2012, 2011, just people weren't watching it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And from the reports from people that watch DDT or that watch Big Japan or that watch All Japan or that watch, you know, Dragon Gate, there is no shortage of talent that just have never been highlighted. You know what I mean? Right. Like Kento Miyahara is incredible, but he's just not highlighted. And what and so the I think if these all elite guys are smart, they they can basically say, Hey, we've got this relationship with you. We want to keep working with you guys. We will highlight your guys, bring them over, do right by them. We will still come over. We will still do business. We will still be part of the New Japan roster and work together and and and, and everything like that. And also if they do something like this, Ring of Honor can keep these guys and not go under, right. hypothetically. Right. Um, but if New Japan was like, you know what? Screw you guys. You've turned your back on us. We're phasing you out. Right. And we're keeping our Ring of Honor partnership. All they got to do is be like, all right, well, then that's on you because we're going to turn around. We got all this money. Do you guys don't want the money. You don't have to be part of it. We will literally grab all, that, all the f- free talent that's out here in Japan and bring them over. And you think that, like... A guy like Sakamoto or or whoever or all these guys from Dragon Gate that are that can freaking go that like the the average fan doesn't know about. You think if Kenny and them give them the stage that they're not gonna freaking blow up? Yeah. Like who like whoever they give the stage to is gonna blow up. Look at Bandito and and, and, and Flamita. Yeah. You know um, Kenny's another interesting name you mentioned because I mean. He, right now, he's a current IWGP champion facing Tanahashi at um, Wrestle Kingdom. It's like, Kenny loves wrestling in New Japan, wrestling in Japan. I mean, he lives there, so yeah. you, you kind of think he, he's going to be probably pushing for New Japan to be working with these guys. Yeah, I just, I don't know what All Elite Wrestling is going to be. I mean, if it's going to be like an actual promotion where it's a real promotion, you know? Yeah, they're running TV, pay-per-views, house shows. Yeah, and they're a constant content creator like a WWE, and they want to do the whole WCW sort of thing. That that That's probably likely. Like, the, the idea that I'm throwing out there maybe isn't as likely, but then I think about, I think to myself about All In, and I think to myself about PWG, and everyone's always said, why... What if PWG were to expand and everyone's like, well, they don't want to. Right. And then these guys are like, well, we've got the talent to do it. And like, what if they just were like, we're just going to run big shows and make them extravagandas. I mean, that is what pride was. Right. That is what the UFC essentially was. I mean, the UFC is like more saturated now, but I mean, there is, if you can build it to like where pay-per-view would work that way, or let's say they get a TV deal. They don't have to. They could literally get a TV deal and do like television specials that are the equivalent equivalent to like a Saturday night's main event, right? Yeah, and get tons of money, and like Vince would crap his <laughs> pants, dude. Yeah, um, and 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 also keep all these other companies viable without having to like put them under because there is the other idea where like this could like really hurt Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this yeah, it doesn't look great for Ring of Honor right now because, you know, clearly the um, the elite guys have been the top draws in Ring of Honor. I mean, Ring of Honor had their best year this year, but, I mean, that's mainly due to the elite guys. I mean, Cody's came in. I mean, he became the top drawn champion there for the longest time. Um, and so, this and also this could affect the partnership. The merchandise, with, everything. Yeah, the merchandise. This could affect the partnership with New Japan. Um, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, New Japan could be like, well, we already have a relationship more with, you know, the elite guys, so we're, we're dropping Ring of Honor and All Elite Wrestling will be our new America partner. Yeah, that could... I mean, if I was New Japan and this really popped off and I had to make a choice, um, hypothetically, I think that is what I would do. Um, I mean, but then, then again, Sinclair Broadcasting is behind Ring of Honor and there's, you know, there's that... It has seemed like, for instance, that they haven't known what to do with the New Japan guys like Ring of Honor for a while now. Yeah. They don't even know what to do with their own guys, bottom line. And I, I feel like if you had the right guys booking a major product, like let's say what AEW hypothetically might be, they might know better what to do with the New Japan talent than Ring of Honor even does. Right. Um I mean, there's so many questions that we don't even know, like, who would be booking this? Right. What is the business model? Right. And, you know, like, lots of people like Dave Meltzer himself, and to answer your question, uh, Clive, because you were asking us earlier, they they probably are dead in the water without a television deal. Yeah. Just because you need that visibility and to get the kind of, like, television ad time, like, the, like to get paid the way that a major company like that should get paid, you need television you need the television right. deal so you can get the ad I space mean, you know everybody talks about cord cutting but clearly there are still tv channels that are paying tons of money for content i mean look at the wwe tv deals um coming up for fox and usa everyone yeah i mean there's definitely going to be an element of business you know where you run your shows online and, and that is the wave of the future and that's true but like Everybody is looking for live content. That's why, like, wrestling to me has always seemed to make sense and why I think something like this could could really work is because, historically speaking, since the advent of cable television, tele, like, wrestling always draws some of the highest ratings on all of television. It is live content, which is what everyone is looking for these days. It is dirt cheap to make. It costs so much less to pay for wrestling than it does for an episode of The Walking Dead or whatever show you want to, you know, make. Right. And yeah, and it's it, it, it like I said, it's dirt cheap. It's easy to produce. It draws money. Like it's a no-brainer. But for whatever reason, there's been so many companies that just didn't want it. You know what I mean? But now things are changing and everyone's trying to... No one knows what the future holds when it comes to distribution of, of content like this. So everyone's looking for the next thing and it's like, WWE just got $2 billion. Mm-hmm. What are the chances that a company with the right business model, the right personalities, you know, might be... Able, I mean, they're paying like, you know, world... Or uh, they're paying like Bellator and... Um, I can't remember some of these other MMA companies, Combate Americas. Like, there's a bunch of these companies that are getting like major deals that probably some of them don't deserve the money behind it. It's <laughs> yeah. just because everyone's in because there's this bubble that might burst and everyone's afraid of it. Right. So I mean, um, this is probably like a perfect storm of the right time to do something like this. Now, historically, startups like this they fail and they lose money. And I mean, like, there's a good chance that either this doesn't happen or if it does, like, it, it fails. Yeah. But I mean, what's what's the worst that could happen? You know, Kenny, the Bucks and Cody fail and then they're, they're still hot properties and they can go back onto the indie scene or go back and need full time New Japan or, or, or WWE signs them or whatever. Right, like, yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm I I my hat's off to these guys because I get it. Like, you know, there is something to be. um about like having that 
entrepreneurial spirit, you know, yeah, and wanting to do, start off and do something on your own. I mean, they could have easily just taken the WWE money and then done that, right? And it was, you know, Kenny Omega came out in an interview last week saying, "If money was my motivation, I would already be in WWE." So clearly, like we've mentioned before, Kenny is not about money. He cares about you know creative freedom, the artistic, you know the you know the love of pro wrestling, and I mean. If it works out, they'll always be able to say, like, we're the guys that did this. You know, we took on Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I mean, it's, it's it's pretty exciting. I don't know what it all means, you know, at the end of the day. I mean, do you have any final thoughts on this sort of thing? I mean, it's going to be the, the story to be looking out for the next couple months, um, especially when we get to January. Well, we got, oh, yeah, mention talk about the stuff with WWE and, oh. and them signing everybody. Yeah, so WWE, I mean... Uh, breaking news today uh, was confirmed by PW Insider that Walter has signed with official. W- yeah, he's signed with WWE. Um, he's going to be a star for the UK uh, division, and pretty much at this point, with this all elite wrestling news, I mean WWE was already signing up talent like crazy, but now for this all elite wrestling news breaking out, they are on the hunt now. They are signing up everybody they possibly can. Rumored for January, Shane Strickland, ACH, I mean, uh, Trevor Lee, all these guys, top guys that have been on TV, dude, they're taking anybody and everybody. They've known about these guys for years. They've known about them forever, and this stuff with the Elite and MSG and And All In, it's all coming to a head, and Vince is going to do whatever he has to do to prevent... A, a WCW scenario and so he's like alright well I'll just sign up the best talent that's out there and hey it's great for these guys that are that exist that want to get paid congratulations that's awesome uh, but it's not healthy it's not healthy right. for this industry I mean you have all this talent stockpiled under one roof and bro, they don't know what to do with them bro and even if they did it's like there's only so many guys you can put on so many hours of TV like oh man yeah and so it's gonna get worse the next couple months they're gonna be on the war path signing up everybody and anybody they possibly can yeah because they they want to they want to take the talent pool away yeah so, I mean yeah absolutely um and in other WWE related news um it came out today that there's been an update with the UK contracts um this past weekend there were tapings in Liverpool and a lot of the, the guys were given new contracts for more money but there were some um things in the contract that have been changed so now these UK guys can no longer be booked on any other outside show unless it's a company that has a, a working partnership with WWE um, so that means you, you know these UK guys that have to work only like Progress, ICW, these companies that already have relationships with. Um, so ba- yeah, they're not going to be working. I mean, it's already kind of stopped, but the, you're not going to see them in Rep Pro or OTT or like Destiny Group or you know what Culture. What, what's it called now? It's uh, uh, Defy. Defy, yeah. Uh, you know most of the US Indies, if they even were working in it, like you're just not going to see it. Anymore. PWG, none of that. Yeah, um, and not only can they not do that anymore. If they are working somewhere else that's approved, they can no longer wrestle non-WWE UK contracted wrestlers. And the contract says they cannot wrestle New Japan guys, Ring of Honor, Impact, World of Sport. Pretty much none of the major competitions. The guys that they're competing with. Right. So, you know, for example, we could never get another Pete Dunne, Zack Sabre Jr. 
or Pete Dunne and Will Ospreay, which right. we got this past year. Right. Like, no one saw it, but it happened. It was an IPW UK. Right. So stuff like that can't happen anymore. Yeah. you're not, uh, I know, like, in Destiny, they had Marty Skrull and Pete Dunne. And, like, so, I mean, th- it's kind of funny. There's a lot of, like, super matches like that this past year. You know, Zack Sabre and... Um, you know uh, who's the, who's the one with the mustache out of Tyler Bate? Tyler Bate. Those mm-hmm. sorts of matches, they're donezo. It's done. I'm sure there will be times where guys get exceptions to this. Like for instance, like when they had Cassius Ono in the uh, Super Strong 16 tournament, mm-hmm. um, or like they had Apollo Cruz. Who did Apollo? Did Apollo Cruz go work uh, Noah? He did. He worked somewhere. They had him work somewhere. I don't remember where, okay, but okay. I'm sure there'll be exceptions like the, those sort of situations. But like generally speaking, these companies that they've been working with don't have the autonomy to book these guys freely anymore, like they were. So yeah, and if they and the ones that can book them, they can't book big dream matches anymore. No. So and you know all this stems from um, some of the recent UK shows being you know low attendance because you can see these same guys on your local UK indie for ten bucks. Um, so why would you go spend more money for WWE taping? Yeah, I mean, basically at this point, it's like if you're going to have Pete Dunne wrestle progress, right? But he can only wrestle other WWE wrestlers. The only reason you're going to do that is to kind of boost your house show sales by having some WWE guys there. But they're not going to be factored into the long-term you know, success or, or trajectory of your company you know the booking so very 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 interesting stuff one thing i wanted to point out before we move on from all this stuff is um with all elite wrestling this is kind of an unheard of sort of thing there have been times where people have tried to put together stuff in the u.s over the past you know almost two decades to try to compete with wwe but i want to challenge our listeners if you're not familiar do yourself a, a favor Look up Super World of Sport, okay? This was a company that uh, was owned by an optometry company in the early 90s. Um, and at, when, it, when it was started, it was started with a group that was partnered with uh, Tenryu. And it is literally the closest thing historically that I can even think of to what is occurring right now with um, All Elite Wrestling. <laughs> And so just to kind of give you an idea of what some of the outcomes might be and what it's not exactly the same thing. But I mean, I can't think of very many times where guys were prominent in a a company like this left and then they themselves, you know, formed something like this. Um, You know, it's a very similar situation. So if you're not familiar with the Super World of Sports story or, you know, uh, uh, General Chu Tenryu's story, you might want to do some research on that for sure. Yeah, it's going to be definitely interesting stuff. Looking forward to going with all lead and all the WWE signing up stuff, people. So, And then, uh, so let's get through this news pretty quickly and wrap this up here. Yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom 13. There's going to be same-day coverage on Access this year because Wrestle Kingdom 13 falls on a Friday. The top two hours of the show will air approximately on a 14-hour tape delay on Access TV after airing live on New Japan World. From 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Access TV, both the Kenny Omega vs. Hiroshi Tanahashi title match and the Chris Jericho vs. Naito matches will be airing in that two-hour window. Depending on how long those matches go, they could add a third match. 
Um, Axis is also scheduling five hours for Tokyo Dome matches with another two hour special uh, from 8 to 10 on January 11th and a one hour block on January 18th. And uh, as far as the announcing situation, New Japan and Axis have reached a new deal. Going forward, Access is going to air the New Japan World commentary feed rather than doing their own voiceovers like they've been doing with Jim Ross and Josh Barnett. So that means Kevin Kelly will be the lead announcer. And depending on what show it is, obviously for Wrestle Kingdom, they'll have Don. But other shows, you know, it'll, it'll probably be like Rocky, Chris Charlton, um, you know, whoever they bring in to come alongside Kevin Kelly on the Access TV feeds. Um, and, you know, that's something we've been, I mean, a lot of fans have been crying out for having Kevin Kelly um, just be on the Access feed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all great news. I'm, I'm glad that Access, you know, and New Japan are strengthening their partnership and making some smart moves when it comes to, you know, their biggest show of the year. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's excellent, man. I mean, you know, think about all the years where people were not able to watch dome shows until you know i've been listening to um the post wrestling uh podcast where they have the um the eggshells companion piece with uh, our good friend chris charlton which that is an excellent podcast by the way if you guys are not familiar with you know the history of Rezu, i highly recommend those episodes but you know talking about how like you know years ago we had to wait months and months and months before you could even hope to get a tape of you know a dome show that happened you know <laughs> earlier in the year now like you know we can watch it literally live on our computers and we can you know with access for those of you who don't have new japan world you could just you know watch it the next day like you you, you sleep in and then you know it's right there like that's excellent so i mean that's really really cool stuff and i think it's also a good move to have um, you know, the, the, the broadcast team that's on New Japan World be the consistent voice that people hear when they when right. they you get one voice for the for the English team. Yeah, um, I think it's all good. Yeah. It's all and good. plus I think from a just from a technical standpoint, I think it would make more it's be easier. Like easier, why waste cheaper. time doing voiceovers when you can just get the same feed? The only thing I can think that might be different is maybe if you wanted uh to propagate access or something like that. Right. You don't get that as much. But I mean Kevin Kelly's a pro. Like I'm sure if Access wants him to say something, you know, on the New Japan World feed, like he'll probably do it, so yeah. Um, and speaking of Russell Kingdom 13, uh, more updates. Um, the ticket sales um, have just been been going fast. Um, and um, on the Observer was talking about the uh, you know, lottery for the fan club for members only. Um, another section being sold out. Um, but the Tokyo Dome tickets are ahead of pace from last year. Um, and, you know, Dave was saying that's saying something because, you know, last year you had um, Hot Naito against the legendary championship run of Okada. Plus, you had the Alpha vs. Omega singles match. Um, looking at this year, you pretty much have the same six guys in the top three matches. But this time, you know, obviously it's Omega and Tanahashi, Jericho Naito and Okada and Jay White. Um, so go for Tanahashi going for the title one last time. Um, it's clearly been a big draw in their whole um, philo- you know, philosophy battle um, on styles of wrestling and you know all the shoot stuff they've been doing. It's clearly been working, and so far this year it's been a bigger draw than last year. Uh, I don't know if necessarily that's 
true. I just think the product is hot. Product's hot. Man's hot. Man's hot. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not discounting it, but I'm saying like I feel like it's hard to draw a parallel and say it's directly caused by. I I have a hard time believing that it's directly caused by the meta build of Tanahashi and Omega sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think more so. I mean, I could definitely see if people if it's just a hot ticket because that match is so big because of the personalities. Yeah. But I don't think that they're like they've marketed it especially well to where it's like wow they're I mean. They're just it's that snowball effect of like the the momentum that they've picked up over the past year or so. And I mean, I think they could have done almost any match at the top and they were probably gonna do better than they did last year just based on their momentum. Yeah. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Um also the Wrestling Observer reports that Hiromu Takahashi might not be able to return to the ring at all. Um so Again, we don't know. You know this is this is kind of what Dave has heard. Dave has been wrong in the past about. My only thing is, he said like the other day, he was like ninety-one percent healed. Yeah, Hiromu Takashi. He, he's doing these diary things on um, Twitter, and yeah, he said that he's at ninety-three percent. So I mean, it could be one of those things. Hiromu's just you know being Hiromu and saying random stuff. All I know is. They got they got uh, Hanma in the ring, okay, and they're talking about Shibata coming back. So I'm bring Hiromu back. Let's do it. Yeah. Gonna, he'll be fine. I so, hope. <laughs> well, yeah. So I we'll, hope we'll, we'll see if you know if there's some truth, more truth to this report in the oh, uh, my God. upcoming months. And on a serious note, if he really like got hurt to the point where he couldn't come back, my I would my heart would break, bro. Yeah, that'd be sad. Um. Best of the Super Junior Tournament star Dragon Lee has finally left the reality show Excation, but not because he was eliminated. It was due to a medical issue he was having with his ears. Um, so once you tapped out, you <laughs> tapped out. Once that gets taken care of, he should be back to wrestling. Um, coming up on January six, Zack Saber Jr. facing the Bastard Pock at Rev. Pro. Is that what he's calling himself now? Bastard Pac? Yeah. Uh, so that's a big dream match happening. I, no. s- I saw someone uh, that posted this on Instagram and then someone uh, basically like wrote underneath it and they're like, they're like, all right, I just failed. No, not November. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, this is, I'm very excited for this match. The crazy thing is, I mean, this is two days after Wrestle Kingdom, one day after New Year's Dash. I'm not sure if Saber will be able to make New Year's Dash. Do you think it has? Do you think they haven't announced the Ishii Saber match? I'm assuming that's taking place at WrestleMania. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a lock. But any uh, any chance Zack Saber comes in with the belt for this show against? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like he's gotten the upper hand on Ishii so many times in the last so couple months. Do you feel like this match being made on January 6th is more indication that Ishii is going to retain or lose the title? Uh, I think Ishii is going to retain the title, and I think this will just be a big dream match main event. So you don't base uh, so that's just your opinion in general. Yeah, like this this match doesn't sway you one way or the other to think. No, no. I mean, it, I mean, Saber could win, and they put and this be a rep pro title match. Because when I saw this, it made me feel like maybe Zach was going to lift the right. belt because he's wrestling Pac. Right. Because I, I, I don't know. Because I, I feel like you would want Pac to go over, so I don't think they would. Right, put the belt if, on Saber and then put the belt right on Pac. No, what if Zach came in as the champion and 
he was the champion unexpectedly, and he loses non-title match to Pac, setting up another match. Yeah, that that could happen. That's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. I don't gotcha. know. But yeah, I, I want to see that match. I think that that's one of the most anticipated Rep Pro matches I've ever seen. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, this weekend, we had some IWGP US title defenses, in air quotes. Um, Cody was on the WSW Australia tour, and so was Joey Ryan. Obviously, both men are currently injured right now and cannot physically compete. So they had a staring contest, a rock, paper, scissors contest, and a thumb war contest, all for the IWGP US title and Cody winning all three. I don't have much to say about it. Do you think New Japan saw this or even cares that they did that? No, I don't think they saw it. And I, I, I'm sure they're not going to treat it as serious defenses, so... Yeah, because, I mean, that would piss me off if, like, I found out. Like, if I went on cage match and I see Cody's got three title defenses, <laughs> I'd be pissed. Uh, um, also, during that Australia tour, uh, Marty Skrull and Brody King won the WSW World Tag Team titles. Um, the free match of the week this week is War Machine versus Killer Elite Squad from last year's World Tag League. That's a good match. Um also up right now, um, the latest episode of The Recount, which is looking at the history of the Bullet Club. Part one is up on YouTube and New Japan World. Um, have you seen on Reddit this uh, poster for a parody New Japan show that's happening on December 14th? Yes. But you know what? That's not that uncommon. Um, I actually watched a documentary one time about... Uh, this college where they were running um, pro wrestling shows as part of the college Hmm. (laughs) in Japan. And um, instead of like amateur wrestling, they have amateur pro Pro wrestling (laughs) in college and they were doing um, tribute shows. And I guess like in Japan, like tribute shows with like amateur pro wrestlers is not that uncommon. And it's kind of treated as like a, like a funny like Japanese sort of thing. So yeah. uh, I did see the poster and I was amazed. It looked like I was like I would definitely go to this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brian Pillman Jr., MLW star, member of the Heart Foundation, um, has been hinting to a New Japan run. Come on. So maybe Come on, we'll Flying see, Brian. Yeah, we'll see Flying Brian Jr. I want to see him wear the the tiger stripe, the Bengal colors. Mm, yeah, it's my favorite. I, I don't. I, I'm not a big fan of of loose cannon. I want I want white meat baby face Flying Brian well, and the Z Man Tom Zink. <laughs> well, he's he's been doing the loose cannon gimmick in MLW, so I guess we'll see what he does in New Japan. No, yeah, I would that that would be awesome. Uh, the Great Muta is returning to action. He's going to be on the House of Glory, which is Amazing oh, Red's promotion, on April 5th. <laughs> I don't know. We covered him wrestling it in, um, he wrestled in that, ah, oh, man, that California-based uh, promotion at MCW? I think so. No, that's Melbourne City Wrestling. I can't remember the name of the company. It's but yeah, he wrestled last year here in America and it was man, it was really bad. Like it was really, 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 really bad, and I thought he was done, so I don't know. Well clearly the amazing red thought it was a great idea to bring You know him Masato Tanaka is wrestling uh PCO yes. on December twenty ninth for yeah. Game Changer. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I have here in the news, uh the latest episode of Being the Elite 
uh, came out called Excursion, or excuse me, um, Exorcist. Uh, pretty much the basis of the episode, they were performing an exorcist on uh, Cody, trying to get the evil WWE spirits uh, out of him, and they had the fallen angel Christopher Daniels perform, um, trying to get the uh, spirit out of him, and it was hilarious, you know, uh, Nick is like, or Matt was like, you know, we had to bring in somebody who's dealt with all the evil in wrestling, Vince Russo, Dixie <laughs> Carter, <laughs> and it ends up being Christopher Daniels. Um, so the that, fallen angel, yeah, That's hilarious. He had the whole like the, the black yeah, robe yeah, yeah. gimmick, and uh, uh, Kazarian's like, didn't you have a mullet when you were doing this gimmick? He's like, shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, another funny episode, pretty much building up to all the contract signing stuff and where they're going. Um, so yeah, that was another great episode, and that wraps it up um, for the news. We got our award show. Or, no, I'm sorry. Our award preview show coming out this week. I think it's going to be dropping either Wednesday or Thursday-ish. Yeah, sometime later in the week. Uh, we're planning on bringing in uh, Rich Latta to join us for that show. We um, Yeah, we slacked a little. Here's the thing, guys. We finalized all of our award nominations and all of our categories. What day was that? We did that a few days ago? We did that on Saturday? Saturday morning? Saturday, yeah. But we wanted to, you know, basically record the show, so we're waiting for Rich. Um, it's kind of our fault. We probably should have said something to him sooner than this. But, um, you know, we're going to have the voting up for about a month. And then on December tw- on Tuesday, December 25th, Christmas Day. Merry Christmas. We will be dropping our award announcements. And, guys, I got to tell you, like, we worked really really hard on the awards this year um i'm very excited there's a lot of categories where i'm excited to see what you guys pick and what you say because it's not i don't think it's as predictable this year as it has been we also have like new categories that we didn't do last year like excursion match of the year strong style fight of the year new story new story of the year so i mean like i think that like it's gonna be i think it's gonna be really good yeah, so be on the lookout for that. Make sure you subscribe. You'll see when that episode drops, and we'll post it in the Reddit, of course, and the link for the voting. Next week is our one-year anniversary episode. Wow. That's right. It's been one year of keeping it strong style, so this you, you definitely want to tune in next week and um, you know, support, literally crazy. support us on our one-year uh, anniversary episode. And then uh, we'll also be back next week with more World Tag League coverage and all the latest news. So make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Facebook or Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy at socialsuplex.com. If you have any questions for the show or want to be involved with the Social Suplex team, you can check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. The Outsider's Edge, featuring Rance, Carl, and Kyle. And our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling, Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryan. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. 
And until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. See you next time. See you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.